0: And we're back.
1: I'm James. This is the Ghost Fan Podcast.
0: I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent.
1: And I'm a James.
2: I'm Upton
1: J- boy. I don't even know. What
0: <laughs> James, who do we have with us tonight?
2: Do you want to introduce yeah. our guest,
1: Sean?
3: Yep, rainy.
1: <laughs> I do not remember his last make name. It- <laughs> <laughs> Sean, make it rainy.
0: That's how you call make it, it rainy. <laughs> I don't think his. James, make it. Ah! <laughs> For the podcast, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can see his ID. Right? I don't know.
4: All right. Hey, buddy, what did you think of that game yesterday, huh? Good. Good. <laughs> now, you were maybe closer to the score than any of us.
2: What was your score, James? I can't remember.
1: 24 to 17.
2: Pretty close. 17-13, 17-10, yeah. something yeah. like that.
4: I didn't think we'd score over 20 points.
1: My friend Nolan, Nolan got it even closer. Yeah? He guessed 28-10. to 10. Wow. Andrew? No, my friend Nolan. Oh,
2: your friend Nolan. I got you. Because Andrew was pretty close, too. I think he had 28-13 to 13 or something. So,
4: he was I'm close. I'm just
1: saying this. No one guessed 29-10. to 10.
4: No, nobody did.
1: No one thought we were going to kick that much field goals. So, so what was the
4: <laughs> what was the best part of the game?
1: Money Macias hitting a 50-yard field goal. <laughs> ah uh, Yes! <laughs> money Macias. <laughs> money, money
4: Did you do the sign money sign when they say money Macias? Money, well, like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I, I do have
3: to say, to give Brent some credit here, after he hit one of the field goals, I'm walking through the sideline, and Marcus Welna looks at me and he goes, Money, Messias.
4: So. <laughs> That's perfect. That's I mean, the team as was far doing as money. We know, yep. Brent was the first person to yep. say this publicly. Now they may have been calling it, him, but nobody was saying it publicly. So credit to Brent who made it happen. Even though I said it wouldn't. <laughs> we got
2: like three pods of me saying "Money Masius." Mike's like, "Oh my god, shut up!" Oh man. So James, um, we had a pretty
4: full day because we went to the basketball game too, right? Yep. So what was better, the basketball game or the football game?
1: Football.
4: Have you ever been in an atmosphere like that? No. How, how loud do you think it was in there? Hey. Oh. Whoa. We don't need that. People don't like that. Loud.
2: I didn't catch that one. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't see that one coming. James, you warned me on the one last week. (laughs) What did we do on what did we do on Friday?
1: Sentinel game.
4: Yeah. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Did you stay dry? Nope. Nope. (laughs) Did we care? Nope. Yeah. Sentinel State Champs? Yep. All right.
2: Who is your player of the game in the Sentinel game?
1: Oh man,
4: wasn't it say? number eleven?
1: Zach Coose. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: He had five touchdowns, and a QB sack, and a blocked PAT. If Wait, that. He's the one that blocked. If it? he doesn't win the Gatorade Player of the Year or whatever for football Montana, we should riot. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know how you start and and I think play at an all conference level on both sides of the ball, on a state champion undefeated in the double-A level and not get that award.
2: That's wild. Yeah.
4: Well, not
3: only that, but like all the quarterbacks that play both ways, most of them play safety yep. where half the plays they're kind of just chilling yeah. back there. Back not on. a defensive end when you're going up against linemen you're every single play. Every <laughs> single play. Like that's
4: that's so much energy you got to use. Man, that's so crazy. All I could think about was he was absolutely the best player on the field and I'm glad he's going to be a Grizz.
2: Absolutely. That <laughs> was and Sentinel did I mean, they can. They there was no question. They did not care. Like that was like they just came in there with, like they faking field goals, two onside kicks. I think they were five for seven on fourth down. Yeah, they went for I mean, it
4: on fourth down. On like they knew their what the game was. That was wild. On their own thirty, and got it. And I was thinking right then, it's like if you're the other team, you're thinking that team has no uh, respect for our offense. <laughs> 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 but hey, anyway, James, anything else you want to talk about?
2: You have questions. Uh,
4: no. So we've got two big sky games this week. Eastern's got a playoff game and Davis has a playoff game. Right. So Eastern hosts Northern Iowa. Who do you think's gonna win that game?
1: Sadly, Eastern but go Northern Iowa.
4: But then Eastern will come here for a night game and then following Friday, which will be fun.
1: I know.
4: And then who does Davis have again? They go to uh, South, South Coast Dakota State, State, I believe. Yeah. Boy, that's a tough one. Who do you think's gonna win that game?
1: S D E S U
4: Yeah, I think that's probably I mean, that's the right cool. choice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but anything else for us? Just some Just some weirdness. See, you're gonna lose your charm if you're too weird. <laughs> 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 you weird. Did you know that my mom, your grandma, only listens to this part of the pod? Yep. Then she shuts it off.
1: She's literally <laughs> like <good>. I don't have <laughs> <be> my son. <laughs> Care about my son.
4: She says you'd be happier if you use less profanity in your life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows? All right, bud. Love you. Hit my head.
1: Thanks,
2: James. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, James. <laughs> see you, James.
4: <laughs> All right. Hey, Sean, thanks for joining us.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Glad yeah. we
4: could have you on. And it's a fun week to be on, in my opinion. Because, um, you know, I've been going to games for, what, 30 years at this point? 30 32, 33, whatever. That might be as loud as I've ever heard that stadium. I mean, what'd you guys think?
2: I I mean, I tweeted about this. Like, there's, like, moments where I think there was more, you know, the App State... Yeah. I can even think back. Uh, it was a smaller stadium at the time in playoffs, but 2000, Jimmy Ferris, uh, again, App State, catches an overtime touchdown to send us to the national yep. title game. Yep. Uh, the 2008, when the team came out of the tunnel and throwbacks and surprises everybody. And the Joey Counts 2015 touchdown yep. on ESPN. But the thing was is all of those moments were like – I mean, there was a lot of moments throughout the game, but especially the Justin Ford scoop and score because it was like this crescendo of noise, and it just – it wasn't like a quick like – touchdown and play and we celebrate and we
4: kind of die down it was just this like it just got louder and louder and louder. The Justin Ford scoop and score is the closest thing to an out-of-body experience <laughs> I've ever had because it was like you know you're like somebody next to me was like they're gonna block it you know and we say that every time and then when they're if it ever happens we're like see we called it you know but it's like you're kind of watching in slow motion and you don't really realize all the pieces of what happened except you just see Justin Ford running down the field and then when Robertson came over and leveled that guy, oh, and there's no flags, and you're just like, "Oh my god, this is happening!"
2: <laughs> that I mean, that crowd was, and it was a new record. Twenty? What was yep. it? Twenty six? Twenty some 850 800 something? something. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I think yeah that that App State Snow game was was one that you'll never forget, right? Mm-hmm. The NDSU game that yeah. that one was an incredible. Yep. Well, and because the game was tense throughout, it was. But I think that was the biggest, um, like, party atmosphere. Like, everybody just having a good time. And I think so much of it is just built in with the last four years and being able to just exhale yep. and enjoy beating your rivals. You know, and I think everyone was just having a great time. And then once the second half rolled around and you knew the game was at hand, everyone was just having fun. Right. Like it, it just seemed like the biggest kind of party yep. awesome time in a stadium that I can remember. was this-
0: sustained volume. Like, I felt like the north the north end zone's always rowdy it's always loud but i thought like the whole stadium had a sustained volume throughout the game that i hadn't i couldn't remember experiencing like everyone on third downs was going ape shit yeah like throughout the the entire game it's like we knew what every third down meant we have to get this ball back
4: you know i think that that um Wild atmospheres are like a, a, a buildup of a lot of different things, and obviously, like what Sean was saying, like four years and being able to exhale and that touchdown right up the top to Bergen. It's like all right, well, we're you know, we're not going to get shut out. We just had a big <laughs> play. People are pumped. And then we come out on defense and you know do pretty well, all things considered. But our defense has been you know it was so good this year, and it's been building um, that that the fans, even kind of the less educated fans, start to kind of recognize, you know. We t- were tackling for a loss or like a one or two yard game, and the place would just explode. And that was kind of fun because like where I sit in the north end zone, you know, you see the play in front of you, but like the, the sidelines would see or like right where they're being tackled, and you could just hear the like explosion of noise. Um, and I just think all that together. And Then you you cap it off with Ford taking that back after Jace blocked it. or I guess swapped it out of the guy's <laughs> hand. Is really what happened. It wasn't it a block. It's a forced fake. I guess technically, yeah. right? Yeah, which <laughs> yeah. is great. I think
3: there's a, a difference when you know your team is really good on defense because that's when you're the loudest. Yeah. We've all been fans of teams where like your defense is terrible and right. you're just like, you know, just and then you only like root when your offense has the ball. But the fact that like they're so fun to watch defensively. I think just the crowd builds off of that energy. And when you're so loud with them when they're on defense, like, I, th- I think they're, I mean, they're more fun to watch on defense. No, I, think, yeah. I think that just, Ooh, yeah. that brings just such an energy to the building. It's just, it's incredible.
2: It was like, I mean, it felt like as the game especially was going on, it was just like you knew that they could not move on the Grizz. And so, like, just having that confidence where you get other games, it's like, oh man, we'll see, this is going to be a struggle. But, I mean, they proved it really fast that McKay cannot comfortably pa- complete passes on us. And if Fonse is not going to get away from this defense, it's like they can do nothing. Yeah. And, and the Melotte package was not going well, work. I, yeah. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> yeah. it's like
4: th- there's a question in here. It's like when did you know we were going to win? And I think that, like, you know, you didn't in a game like this, and especially with what's happened where we, you know, we had a twenty two point lead go away and stuff like that. You know, you're never completely comfortable. But when that malot package came out the second time and they didn't do anything like Graves caught him once in the backfield. And and it was kind of like, they don't have anything on offense. Like they're, they're not, their gimmicks aren't going to work.
2: They brought in a Troy Anderson gimmick package (laughs) and it went three and out. (laughs) Well, they got,
4: they got
3: two outside runs with Malat early. And so in, in that sequence, they had the running back split out and then they'd bring him into the backfield. And coach said that they couldn't, Relay that call like during the drive. They couldn't. It's hard to make an adjustment during yep. a drive. Yeah. But then, right when that drive was like, over, they shorted up, and then bam, they they couldn't do anything mm-hmm. after that. And and it that was, yeah.
2: That first Molot one, that's where they made the field goal, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. They had they the, had the two the two runs to and, the
3: outside yeah, that yeah. kind of set that field goal. At well, yep. and then the north end zone forced the field goal because right. it was third and one. <laughs> yep. And then it was third and eleven, 11. Yeah. because yeah, there's back false to back fall starts because that north end zone was so dang loud. That's right.
4: So when you guys like. Because you don't sit at the north end zone. Like, does the, does the sound just reverberate off? Like, yes. Yeah. It's just like a wall <laughs> of sound when it's going well.
0: Yeah, it sounds. It sounds so loud that it it's weird that it's that far away. Does mm-hmm. that does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Like you can still hear conversation, but you kind of have to speak up, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> put yourself down on the field in front of that. And you can just imagine how impossible it is to hear you know yourself think. And I think McKay did get confused sometimes down there. Oh yeah, I don't think he was thinking well. He was like looking back to the sidelines, trying to get the call again, what the audible is, and they just couldn't figure it out. It's so fun,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sean. You're on. You're down on the field, like the noise level.
3: Yeah, it's when you're on that north end zone side. When there's somebody right next to you, like, you have to, like, scream to hear each other. <laughs> like, that's how, that's how loud it is. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, you can't, you can't have a normal conversation with someone right next to you when the Grizz are on defense in that scenario. You're, you are screaming
0: at the top of your lungs with someone standing right next to you. Damn. Yeah. That's so, awesome. let's, let's just answer uh, that question since we already started talking about it. When did you guys all know that we were going to win?
4: So I have two answers to that question. The the answer where it's like in your in your heart you're like hey we could win it was when um, when the mallot package wasn't working and it was like all right we can stop them. When I knew we were going to win is when they came out and their first drive of the second half was nothing. And it was like oh they whatever adjustments they just that was tried be to my do answer. Yep. they did nothing, you know, and it was like wow this is going to work out.
2: I mean, I felt like <clears throat> the forward scoop and score was probably like, that was like the moment where it like really started to sink in. Cause just feeling nervous about we're kicking all these field goals. We need to get in the end zone. And we kept doing like little things like a couple interceptions that just kind of kept the cats in the game. it's like, uh, we just screw up and give up like one big play a touchdown and it's a one score game again. But then that forward scoop and score, I think that made it to maybe a three score game. At that point, or a 16 point, I can't remember what it was. At this point, <clears throat> James tells me it's a three score. Um, that's where it really sunk in. But what's funny was, uh, I won't name the name, but I asked somebody who was, I would say, fairly well connected, and I asked this individual, "When did you think you were going to win the game?" And he said, "The second play when Junior Bergen caught the touchdown." <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, for me, it was that opening, the opening possession of the second half. And so, normally, when I'm on the field and I'm shooting the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm moving up and down because the, the, you know, the ball's moving everywhere. Yep. Well, the Cats didn't move the ball past the 35 in the third quarter, and then they kept punting, and then Junior Bergen kept returning it towards the 50, so I literally did not move the entire third quarter (laughs) because the the, the line of scrimmage, the Cats couldn't move, and they were punting, and then Bergen was getting it to the 50, (laughs) and so I stayed in the same spot for the entire third quarter, and so that, I don't think that. I can't remember the last time that that's happened, and so that was kind of when I knew it just wasn't. They, they were not going to be able to move the ball to score multiple times.
4: Didn't the cats have under hundred yards of offense at the end of the third quarter? Isn't that right?
3: I think so. It was. Yeah. I mean, whatever. They had it was, seventy on the last drive, and
4: they only yeah.
2: finished with like two hundred. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they're if they had seventy on the last drive, they finished with two hundred four yards. So I mean, probably yeah. about that. So yep. They're sitting at about a buck thirty, buck thirty
0: five. Yep. <laughs> Luke, what about you? I think it was it was in the third quarter we three and outed him twice yeah and in between that we had a possession where we had a first down and then in our second offensive possession we end up punting um but we had three or, uh, two or three first downs and I was like oh my God we're continuing to move the ball and they can't do anything the adjustments didn't work yeah and that's when you know, if I had Vegas odds ability, I would have bet the house. I was like, there's no way they're coming back. They can't do anything. Yeah. They put in the Troy Anderson package. Jason Lewis lit him the F up <laughs> on one of those one of those three plays he was in for. And uh I was like, yeah, that that was their like death rattle. Yeah. They they were out of options. Yep. Yeah.
4: I mean it just I, I mean you don't like to knock on kids or anything like that, but it's like it just was so clear that McKay's a limited QB. Yeah. And they didn't have it like and and the the maybe the the biggest area of vulnerability for the Grizz defense is the middle of the field, and he they couldn't call plays to the middle he, field because he can't got, do it. They did just he got
2: throw anything to the middle. I mean, no, they he just had a couple, got couple deep shots where he like got hit, but
0: yeah, they got out coached. The Grizz were were sending seven, and they were just. Letting our cornerbacks play on islands, and they're like, "McKay ain't gonna figure this out. Yeah. He's not gonna make a throw." Well, the
3: thing—the thing that they did—they've never done this all season long. Is Justin Ford traveled with the with number one receiver? Eighty-six. Somebody pointed that out. That is never. That. Yeah, they've never done that all year, and so he was traveling with McCutcheon, and I noticed that early on, and I was like, "They have not done this, and they were just letting him go one-on-one the entire game," and I think McKay was banged up. I think he got hit pretty hard in the Idaho game because he did not <laughs> want to get tackled. No. And the only quarterbacks that have had success this season against the Grizz are holding the ball, taking a hit, and and, and, and letting it pop open late. Yeah. To, to find their guy and he was getting rid of that ball so early that the receivers never even had a chance at that point to get to get open yet yep. and so he and the players can sense that when you're on the like if we can notice that as you guys in the stands <laughs> and yep. me on the field if we notice like oh wow this guy's getting rid of the ball he does not want to hang in there <laughs> well you better believe that that's like you know that's blood in the water for but sharks well, you know and yeah, they could yeah. sense that on defense and they knew that there was no way that he was going to be able to hang in there
4: but i mean they kept calling run plays too for him and i mean he those MSU QBs on those run plays took a beating. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, the Grizz came to play. <laughs> and it's like that's the sort of thing that builds on itself, where it's like, you know, those players all had a moment where it's like, hey, we're going to win this game. And then it's just like, you can't mess with us. You can't go on us, you know. And it just built and built and built. And this defense, I mean, yeah, they gave up the garbage touchdown in the fourth quarter. So that was another streak of 13 quarters without yeah, a touchdown. Without a touchdown. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I for for whatever – our offense is and I think we're going to talk about that. I don't think a team in the playoffs would want to face this defense right now. I mean,
0: I I kind of think we have faced maybe the most potent offense in the country already. We're probably going to face them again in 2 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and the Cats have maybe one of the most potent defenses in the country. Yeah.
4: The thing about the Cats' defense, I mean, yeah, Junior Bergen gave us a lot of short fields that we turned into field goals. The Grizz' offensive problems anymore aren't that they can't move the ball. It's that they can't finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they could figure out how to finish, teams are going to be in trouble. But it's like we're running out of time to figure out how to finish. But it's like, you know, the pieces are there. I mean, Grossman's a phenomenal mismatch. Mm -hmm. I mean, we still have Sammy Aken. Kim Simpson's a tall guy and it's been fun seeing him get worked into the offense more and more. It's like the pieces are there for us to figure out uh, how to score inside the 20. Um, we just haven't done it yet. Yeah. It's
3: Cause you're not, they're not physical up front in the run game. And I think that's, I mean, that's how you finish drives Yeah, is being able like when, when you need one yard, you can run it up the middle and get it. And they get, I mean, they didn't do that, that and they can't do the that. That's been—I that mean, game. that's been a weakness yeah. for a while now. Yeah, um, for Montana. Well, that's and, whole year, and until they can solve that, I mean, that's that's why they can't finish drives because right. you need to be able to just hey, we need a yard, we need two yards, run the ball.
4: But I would say that it's clear, you know. Now we're are this will be the 12th game of the season coming up, and we are who we are. Yep. So I don't know why when they get inside the 20, they insist on trying to. <laughs> do it still and i understand like you need to show the run so people can't completely cheat on it And da, da, da. but i mean at some point i think we got to get creative inside the 20 and just acknowledge that running it up the middle on an rpo or whatever it is in in working yeah and yeah. i know that like you know colter and i've talked about this a little bit and it's like that a lot of these runs up the middle are rpos and cam could read it and run but it's like I don't want Cam to run it either, you know? I mean, no, the guy's no, but, but, beat to but hell. Go, I mean, like, when's
3: last, go under center. You got the, You put the three tight ends out there. Yeah. Go under center and just go play action. Yeah. Because yeah. you haven't done it, so teams are going to like not think that you're going to do it. Yep.
4: Yeah. So Try it and do exactly, it. Like or, it
3: try, you, or just try running it from yeah. behind center for once. <laughs> you, you feel like, like the other option doesn't work. There's, <laughs> there's some room for
4: yeah. creativity. I don't know.
2: On the flip side, though, I mean, they we talked about this a bunch uh, with uh, Malik Flowers on, like, the jet sweep type play. And they used it twice. They motioned it multiple times. And they motioned Bergen, too, where he'd also break the route and go back. And I think he caught a pass out of that as well, didn't he? And so they, like, they do show some creativity. It'd be nice to see a little bit more. But, you know, Flowers, what, he had, like, a... One of them runs like 20 yards. One wasn't for much.
4: Yeah, but one but. of them, no. It was nice to see because yeah. it worked, and it worked now well. it's on film again. Yep. At least a little window dressing. Yeah. Know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's talk about Juniper. Because <laughs> we, we talked about this. We, we put this question out on the pod um, on Twitter, and in the excitement of everything going on, I don't know that it got much attention. But the question is, and so, Sean, I'm going to put this to you. Yep. Um, has there – I mean, in the recruiting battles, we everybody always likes to talk about who won, Montana or Montana State. But the reality is that we don't know for years because all these kids yeah. come in and then they redshirt and then, you know, it's like down the road. I'm hard-pressed to see a guy that both teams competed for and that one school flipped from one to the other who's had such an impact as a true freshman. Well, mean,
3: yeah, well, the, well, the other, the other added thing to that is a lot of times, like, we don't know – how the battle ensued cuz a lot of times like right. they these guys have family connections like exactly. Troy Anderson was always going to be yeah. a bobcat you yeah. know yeah. there wasn't like a battle there you know <laughs> yeah. no
4: he was no matter who the coach was he yeah. was be and bobcat. it's
3: not usually like public knowledge on like if it's a 50-50 battle like you usually like we don't know those kind of situations where like the kid has no family ties and we don't really know who had the edge in the recruiting battle and then it leaned one way and they ended up going there.
4: And even when people say it's a battle, it's like, I remember when Gabe Solster was being recruited, like it was like, oh, was both always teams leaning. have a chance. Yeah. But his sister ran track for UM, right? Yeah, so there's so always like, like,
3: like, one team always has the inside yeah, track. Yeah, that was usually, probably a good sign. Just because Montana, I mean, just the degrees of separation in Montana just are not there. You know what I mean? So usually someone's going to have a tie to one or the other. So usually we don't hear about it publicly. But no, I mean, as a true freshman, I mean, and, you know, Vegan was asked this, you know, at the end of the press conference, which was pretty interesting. Coulter was the first one. He asked, um, what kind of impact would you say Junior Bergen had on the game? And he goes, a big impact. And that was it. Yeah. And then Frank Agola with the Missoulian goes, um, you <laughs> know, obviously, uh, yeah, obviously, um, you know, he committed to you guys. And then when the new coaching staff, um, what what were you doing to, conversations like trying to convince him to stay and he goes, Yeah, I'm staying away from that one and get and got up and walked away. But that's just gotta be absolutely brutal to not only lose like the top recruit, but then to have him beat you in his first year. Because normally, like, yeah, they get get you two, three years down the road. But at that point, like, you kind of forget – you almost not forget about the player, but, like, it just takes a while for them to develop. And then later on, you kind of forget that, oh, yeah, there was a recruiting battle, this happened, that happened. For it to be kind of in your face year one like that, I mean, that is – and all, you know, for Montana State fans watching
0: that game, that had to be tough. It's it's like getting broken up with, and then your ex is (laughs) – Posting, yeah. posting Instas. She's on the Gram. <laughs> on the Gram. Else. <laughs>
3: with someone way more successful than you. Right? Like, uh, oh, God. <laughs> um, but, I
4: mean, you're, you're spot on, Sean, because it's like, I think he was the MVP of the game yesterday. I mean, between the big One touchdown them, yeah. catch. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can give it to a few people. Yeah. But, I mean, also just the consistent punt returns.
3: Well, because they were so bad at punt returns yeah. the week before. And Coach Halk was like, we're, we need to figure out how to get that fixed. Yeah. Can you imagine, though? Just think about this. Because this is kind of crazy, your coach Hauk, and the punt return situation has been a fiasco. Yep, it's the biggest game ever, and you're going to put a guy back there who has never done it, and who is a true freshman. So
4: he didn't do it in high school.
3: Well, he never done it all year. Well, yeah, for yeah, Montana, yeah. All year, but, like, okay. but that's what I'm saying. Like, not do, high doing, school would be the same. Doing something double is about the same. Yeah, doing something <laughs> for the very first time. Hey, I
4: mean, all those guys he lost that state championship to last year at Sentinel are on the team now. <laughs> yeah. anyway. No, you're right.
3: But like doing something for the very first time like that. Like that takes a lot of guts as a coaching staff to believe in a player like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what he has handled as a true freshman, going from slot to running back, back to slot to pump. Like this guy is just—I mean, it's it's super impressive. Just the versatility and the maturity yeah. that he's been able to show. Because as a true freshman, I mean, that's that, mentally like that's just a lot being thrown at you, and when you're not you're not very comfortable both mentally and physically as a true freshman mm-hmm. when you move that jump. And for him to be able to do that has been <laughs> so, so impressive.
2: Junior does have kick returning stats from high school, but no yeah. punt return stats. Yeah. So there you go.
4: There you go. And <laughs> catching a punt's not easy. And no, that's the hardest him, like, thing. Because like Malik
3: Flowers like, isn't ease. the best at catching them. Like, that's why he doesn't yeah. go back there. Because um, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. When you have guys barreling down on you, and you're trying to catch it knowing that like you might just get your
4: face knocked <laughs> yeah. off as
3: you catch the ball. <laughs> yeah. That's, but that's you know not easy. Talking
4: about the coaching staff and having the courage to put them in that you know the position, they also did make a fair catch, you know, because there were a couple right? where it's like pretty close. They were close, like you know, you mm. might say, "Hey, fair catch those," and I mean, he caught them and made something happen with them.
3: The other thing about the matchup is, so Montana State doesn't have a special teams coordinator, like they don't have a a defined special oh. teams coordinator. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And well, that showed. And obviously, like uh, you know, Coach Houck's like he's decent at that. You know, like it's kind of like his thing. The, the, the special teams awards named after his family. You know the what Huck I mean? Family yeah, special teams. Exactly. Of the year. So like, <laughs> man, that was just a glaring mismatch in that game. And it's one that, throughout the whole week, us as media people, when we we're trying to find edges or stats here and there, um, like Montana State was averaging like just a couple yards a return. The Grizz were at like 13 punt return yards. Kickoff return yards were like 12 to 30. Yeah. And when, when you go into it thinking it's going to be a defensive battle, that's a lot of hidden yardage and a lot of just an edge. And, man, it, it certainly uh, came to a head there.
2: Oh, I mean, uh, just what we got. Macias is five for five. 202 yards worth of field goals. Bergen <laughs> Bergen has, like, basically three three or four field-flipping punt returns. Lewis blows up a fake yep. and Ford turns into a touchdown. And in the midst of all that, Brian Buschini has a 64-yard average on punts and, on like eight punts or something. And that last return that Montana State had, <laughs> that hit was so
3: hard. <laughs> yes. They hit him at like the 18, and like because they didn't. It's so funny. All these teams all year like fair catch it and don't even like try and return it against the Grizz. Yep. Even like they'll catch it on like the seven-yard line and they're fair catching it because they know that they're not going to get a good return. And MSU, that's one of the funniest things when you're on the sideline the amount of trash talk that the Grizz have to <laughs> the return team of the opposing team because they know that they don't want to return it mm-hmm. and they're just like daring him. They're like, return it, return it, come on, return it. <laughs> and then after they get a couple touchbacks, like Coach Houck and the, the return team, they go. They always go to him they're like, Can we, can we just start kicking it short so we can make some tackles? <laughs> and then they intentionally kick it short because that's how much confidence like those coverage teams have. And they kick it short on purpose just so like they can reward all those guys they and let them just go them knock some heads. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah.
4: Oh my goodness. That's awesome. <laughs> um, well, I learned something new that MSU doesn't have a special teams I did not know that, no. But, you know, that tremendous play design on the fake field goal um, – <laughs> I guess nobody gets to take credit for that. I didn't know if it was a
3: fake originally because it. Mm.
4: I mean, it was either a fake or we or the Grizz. Was it was so a... bearing down on it that the kicker was like, "I ain't kicking." This. Well, like yeah, the, <laughs> the one it... guy on the
3: edge started moving like they were going to lateral it, yeah, but it just obviously never, yeah, really came to fruition.
2: <laughs> that was a mess. I mean, it worked out great for Montana, but whatever the hell they were doing on that play, um, bad to worse. You know, you go from a. I don't know why they didn't go for it, but to just. I mean. I'd rather just have your, like, you really think you're going to, like,
3: trick Montana out right. of all teams on yeah. on special teams? Like, just put your offense out there.
4: And maybe because NAU got them the week before, they're like, oh, they're susceptible. But to me, that almost would read, like, that coaching staff didn't do good film work. Which, you know, listening to their fans, like, they complain about the play calling the same way we do. It's like, it's kind of funny because we did this pod with a couple of cat cat pod guys. And the complaints are almost the same about the two. <laughs> Um, we need to pass more. We need no, to get outside no, no, the table. We're tattles. running up so the we middle. Need, da, 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 we need to be more creative. But it certainly da. didn't look like they did anything to try and scheme anything against our defense. Like, no trick plays. No, I mean, just keep trying to run a fancy up the middle. And, I mean – our Grizzly shut them down. I don't think the Cats had 100 yards rushing for the game as a team, did yeah, they? like
2: 95, I think. 90, let's
3: see. Grizz are 9-0 and, o, nine and now 96. when they hold, hold their opponent under, under 100.
4: Can you believe that they held them under 100, though? Like, no.
2: Like, Isaiah Fonse, 2.6 off- yards a carry.
0: Offensively, the Cats had great stats all year. You know, like, they, they put up a lot of yards, and they scored a lot of points.
2: Against, like, I wonder if non-scholarship teams. Yeah. Against,
0: yeah. Yeah, there's <laughs> always a <laughs> the schedule. <laughs> but but yeah. if...
3: I am wondering, like if you're Tucker Robing on the sideline or you're oh like, my like God. I mean I could I could do I could do this, could do <laughs> I mean, this at, at
2: worst at least. You're like let me give me a chance. Tucker's I, like, I can throw a ball ten feet out of bounds sideline? Like, Come on. When man. When Mulat went
3: in, it's like they're not throwing the ball. Yeah. So it, like and you're not gonna do that against Montana. You're not gonna be able to just run it. It was yeah, it was interesting.
0: An interesting thing to watch for MSU is you know, everyone's zero and zero, right? When you enter the playoffs. P- teams can shake off tough losses. The Grizz, after we got spanked in twenty nineteen, went on, you know, to to have a successful playoff. You didn't, you know, it ended in Weber and stuff. But um, this is two weeks in a row now where MSU didn't show up. They beat Idaho, but they didn't show up for that game. Yeah. and I wonder if this is going to be a demoralizing experience <laughs> for that team.
3: I think so. I, I mean, I, I think if Southeast Missouri, um, like they're they're a pretty good team. I, football is just so much. It's such a long season. And it's about health and it's about just peaking at the right time too. Yeah, yeah. Montana went through their lull. They went through getting banged up in the middle of the season. Like they're starting to get healthier now. They're starting to get into a rhythm. That's a sign of one, when you have a veteran team that happens, and when you're really well coached. Mm-hmm. And Montana State's getting banged up at the wrong time. And, you know, you, you, there's got to be a little bit of questions with the, the coaching staff and, and with how like they're utilizing and, Getting their guys yeah. ready to go because they have their system, but does it does it work against really good teams yeah. and really good defenses? And, and I, that's the question that needs to be answered if you're from that perspective.
4: And if I was, you know, one of the, the team coming in to play the cats, even if I don't have a great defense, I would play to stop the run and dare McKay to beat you mm-hmm. because he clearly won't throw the middle of the field, and if you can get some pressure on him he's not going to take the time to hit those guys on the sides. I mean, I think the Grizz defense kind of gave a manual on what to do with them, but we'll see how that goes. I mean,
2: it was a great point, though, Sean. Like, we talked about this before. Like, Bobby Houck always wants his teams to be playing better and better. And, of course, Southern Utah was, like, a scary game where it's, like, they played, like, crap right at the end of October, but then they've been Northern Colorado, NAU. I don't know if it was, like, better than Northern Colorado, but it showed, like, continued improvement rather than a step back. And then they played their best – they played their best game of the year against the Cats. I mean, offensively, you can look at stats and be like, "Yeah, it wasn't great," but I it's thought like, they played as, pretty well offensively. I thought that game, was one of their better games. <clears throat> yeah, like as a team game, it was their best game of the year. Yep. And it's like the Cats have been getting worse and worse and worse, and like tighter and tighter and tighter. And they they played their best games in September, probably. I mean, I guess the Eastern game was probably their best with a with a pretty good showing there. But then it was like, after that, it's like they were sliding. So that was one thing that like gave me a lot of hope with going into this game. Was it just felt like. We are going different directions.
3: Yeah. And I, I just think that when you have like a shutdown corner, like a Justin Ford, yeah. I mean, that just completely changes your defense when you could just be like, hey, I mean, Lance McCutcheon was leading the big sky in yards. It's so like, when you could just put one guy over there and erase him and then use those other safeties and you don't have to worry about help over the top, like, and because they hadn't traveled. So, I thought. MSU was going to match him up on Omar Hicksanu, and and Montana would you know maybe give help over the top for the most of the most part, but the fact that they let Justin Ford just do it, and then now you can commit all those other guys to the run, like yeah that that's the blueprint, but that means other teams you got to have a guy like a Justin Ford. And there's not right. many teams that have a
2: guy like a Justin Ford. Right. Well, and I mean for Montana of late, it's just nice to have corners that are corners. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean previously it was converted wide when receivers. Hicksanu is damn good, too. He doesn't get a lot of balls thrown at him. I think he's really yeah. underrated. I'm kind of bummed that he's a senior.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, we got, you know, you know Walker and Gradney and Ocho So. Ocho, Ocho, Ocho So, Ocho so is the guy that, like,
3: people don't know that when he's an upperclassman, gonna that guy's going to be really good.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, Just kind of looking at the Big Shot Conference website, uh, the Grizz ended up leading the conference in scoring defense. So – they, you know, um, did well enough against the cats to take that title away from them, which is great. They ended up fourth in scoring offense, but of course that was a team effort. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean that in the nicest way possible. Um, what else? Uh, sacks for Montana six, more than Montana state, um, which, I mean, Montana State sacked Comfrey five times. Grizz got McKay four Dude, times. Dude,
3: stats are crazy. If you look at the stat sheet from that game. You think MSU. Look wow. at it defensively. Yeah. So, like, Montana had uh, Montana State had five sacks. Montana only had four. Tackles for loss was Montana nine, MSU eight. Yeah. They had two two interceptions. Montana yep. had no turnovers. None. If you just looked at that stat sheet with those stats right there, you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, Montana State's defense played better. But then when you watch the game, it's, like, completely different. That's why, like, it's so funny how sometimes stats just completely do not tell the tale. But it's
4: also why I think one of the big difference makers in the game was Bergen flipping the field position. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, you know, our great punter. (laughs) Number one in the country. Number one in the country. As a freshman.
2: What was the tweet that his dad had? It was, like, he set a record? Yeah, he had the most,
3: it was, like, the most net punt yards in school history. Wow. Per punt. As a freshman. That's
0: amazing. Yeah. What makes it like? How do you make a good punter?
3: Yeah, that's what I, knew. I wanted to ask Bobby. That like, can you develop a punter? You know what it I mean? Just, like
0: someone's leg has the ability to swing. Yeah, like do
3: you know like out of high school like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna be good, or like, oh yeah, like he's got some tools that we just need to work with, and then like we could develop into a good punter. <laughs> you know
2: what I mean? Like it's got to be different, right? Because like I don't know, you think about how they talk about recruiting other. It's like oh, we met the family, and we know the dad, and he did this, and they did that, and we watched him on the field, and he played on this side, and he played on that side, and we saw all these good things. And it's like a punter. Or a kicker, I swear I it, it just it's, has to be like something a different type
0: of with the velocity at which they can swing their leg. Like they need some it's nexus like a, between the flexi- golf swing, yeah, yeah <laughs> flexibility <laughs> and like stiffness of femur or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But they've they've also had like a
3: a wide range of body types right. from Shaw. Remember, like the the big old like they've oh, had yeah. big boys. Yeah, they've right. had little like smaller guys. Like and they've had lefties. Um, mm-hmm. that was Eric Williams right? Uh, Eric Williams was the, the smaller guy. They had the uh, uh, lighter. Was it lighter? Yeah, slider. The, slider. That was the lefty punter. He started as a kicker, like, dude. They've yeah. had like really good punters. Yeah, like they've gone through a stretch of like they haven't had a bad punter in a long time. It's been a bit. Bad...
0: Yeah. Yeah. What does that's? I don't know. I would yeah. love to...
3: I'll, I'll ask him and I'll get back to you guys.
0: <laughs> See what he says. <laughs> I'm just imagining one of your awesome like specials, Sean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where you're talking just to. Bushini about punting you know and he's like I can just see the video where he's throwing the ball like spitting it it's like cold oh I should
3: oh I should just do like a full dramatic one that's just kind of like sarcastic a little bit Uh but yeah what's your what's your practice like he's like well
0: I come out and I thump about 50 (laughs) (laughs) and I had to lay on the jump
3: mats. Have, have, have really, really dramatic music, and when the beat hits, is when they kick it. You
2: know, boom, yeah, bar, boom, boom. like slow motion leg movement as he's yeah. sweeping through, and then right when he hits, like yeah. awesome. And then you break,
0: you break away to players who have real like difficult practice and training scenarios.
4: <laughs> like I don't know what that guy does. <laughs> have you guys ever noticed um, how? consistently OD practices long snaps on the sideline all the time it's crazy it's all game like all game he practices long snaps
2: every third down he runs mm -hmm. from one side to the other
4: to get get lined up yeah he's always like Sean can
2: you move for a second I need to do
4: it. like because I'm always (laughs) in the way him and
3: Macias like I'm always like standing there they're like Sean get out of the way sorry (laughs) sorry sorry
4: oh my god I like it oh man um any other takeaways from the game? I mean, atmosphere is awesome. oh my god. I I guess I would say I don't I didn't realize how much I needed to win. Yeah. Mm. You know, from like a mental like dealing with, you know, all the cats in your life who are just like <laughs> rubbing it in and just it's been, been five years. The man. university a as a whole, yeah. just you know, we need to keep building on these positive things and we had good enrollment this year and the the tailgate experience was super fun.
0: Yeah, it was. Brent, thanks again for hosting half of Shelby Montana. Yeah. you bet. Um This
2: is like like Jeff, who you'd met previously, loyal pod listener, like brings in his a friend of his. I'm trying I think it was a family member. I can't remember though. Also from Shelby, but a cat fan. And then who is it that you, you brought someone from Shelby over after the game? Was uh, someone's Oh yeah. Uh, Kelly oh. and Clark and her,
0: uh, Anne, his mom, Anne, yeah, Anne, who's was a UM grad,
2: and there, and there was someone else randomly like. like Alice Shelby is like gravitating you, to you, my tailgate. You tweeted
0: out your tailgate spot. <laughs> <laughs> Highland Highliner can spot a free beer from 25 miles away. What
3: would you guys think of the uh, the front of the helmet? Oh the, man, with, with the series full, the with the series history on? Oh, on the front as like the because everyone's like, what are they going to do jersey wise for the brawl? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was just initially I like tweeted out the jersey. I was like, same combo as always. Yeah, and then I was like, ooh, there's a little actually, there's a little subtle difference. we little, little change, a little change. I, I liked loved it. it.
4: Yeah, I liked it. Um, you know, it is what it is, and I you know I think that I fall firmly into the camp, and this goes well beyond football of UM just you know highlighting what they what they excel at. And and the advantages they have, and you know what? That's one of them. So I'm right. I'm all for it.
3: I thought it was funny just because like the the argument back and forth is like all the cat fans are like four in a row, four in a row, four in a row, and then Grizz fans are like, here's the all time record, here's the all time record, here's the all time record. So like the fact that like that was kind of like the main argument back and forth was a, a cool like subtle jab, and then they also threw a bunch of other jabs in there from the university standpoint during the game, which was like, <laughs> pretty interesting.
4: I think you know, and, and I'm glad you bring that up because you know on this pod we've talked about some of the game day experiences and earlier in the season So I thought they nailed this game I I thought everything they, they, they had it all on you know in control I I thought the the music the choices you know the, they had the energy going after every third down and every touchdown and like rewatching it you can just hear it coming through yeah um the music the music
2: was different there was a lot of different yeah,
4: yeah I thought some of the stuff they were doing on on third downs and like like to keep the fans energized and stuff it was great. I thought the fireworks were great. Um, but I loved, loved when they played Moni Moni <laughs> to troll the cats. And I didn't notice it, but you guys, I mean, they oh, did yeah. the, the video of Champ falling at the, <laughs> of tripping over the snowbank. <laughs> and they even
0: did some like old school Monty stuff. Like he came yeah. out and tried to do the Kid Rock. Yeah, yep. came out in the yeah, truck. And, yeah. Yep. That was kind of fun.
2: Man, yeah, they had a lot of fun with it. It was funny because where I sit, it's, like, really close to the section of cat fans, and they were all quite confused when Money Money came on. Because there was, like, a minute to go in the game, right? Yeah. Didn't they do it between the two kneel downs or something? I mean, it was right near the end. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, they love singing their little, their little crappy chant during that. And, like... I think some of them were still doing it just because, you know, whatever. But it was, uh, that was hilarious. At first, I was like, why are they playing this? And And then you're like, oh my God, this is actually. That's exactly (laughs) it. It's like, only like, like
4: (laughs) like, kind of hardcore fans or fans who have been to games in Bozeman really understood what was uh, happening. Um,
0: So. This game's getting close. We stopped talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Man. Yeah. I was like, it was 34 to so, 20 Chargers, and then I look over, and it's a touchdown, and
3: then they get a lucky interception. It, oh, as many you guys know,
0: Sean's the Chargers fan. So <laughs> we have the Chargers pit game up. <laughs> this is just classic, you
4: know. <laughs> so, Man. It was going so well, I was like, yeah, I was not yeah, I was like oh, oh this is great. We are like,
3: it's a nice, relaxing game. Throws a – hits Cameron Hayward in the helmet, and then pops up, and they get a pops pick. Pops it up. Yeah, well – such is life as a Chargers fan.
4: <laughs> oh, Maybe it hit the ground. We'll get lucky.
2: They overturned a lot of interceptions today as a Packers fan. Champs is in the living room ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <he> no. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's right.
4: <laughs> so, no.
2: Um, but game experience, yeah. I mean, um, got lines at the gates were a little long, but it was kind of funny. Not me, because uh, my daughter and I got in a little earlier. But it was funny. Apparently, right at the end, they were just like, go. Come on. Get in. I don't care. Go. They like stop scanning tickets. They're just
4: like, (laughs) get inside. And then the jet flyover Mm. was amazing. That was pretty cool. And I don't know if they were off on timing or not or if they intended to do it. But I actually liked how it came in in the middle of the anthem Uh, after the fireworks had gone off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he still got to finish it. I just, I thought they nailed the uh, pregame.
0: It always gives me goosebumps when we get like a fighter jet flyover. Man, it goes so, so fast. fast. Boom.
4: And I turned to James and I was like, what did you think that? Was, that was really loud? <laughs> <laughs> I do miss the
3: parachuters, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. I wish that they still could do that. They've done, But it's got to be like the military guys, right? Because they've done some of those. They've, yeah, but, it, but it's, like, it's, it's like stopped not doing it after the, so the one guy yeah, like hit the tree. It got to be like, like yeah. just the casual skydivers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so.
4: He didn't make it into the field. He did survive. Yes, he's fine. Yeah, broke well, a broke I mean, leg. He's better now.
2: Um, but I just... we, think. <laughs> we think, we hope so. Um, no, uh, I'm trying to think. Of the last time we had like a jet flyover because we've had slurry bombers, we've had. There's been a couple, but like that was. I mean, that was something else. That was so cool. And
4: there was. Some funny... I like
0: how they can land in Great Falls and drive over here.
2: They See, don't. They, there's
4: no way they that must have happen. landed at the Missoula Airport and drove over. There's no way they landed so, in Great Falls and drove I, back. To I Zoula.
2: got uh, there. Someone. Where, where are you?
4: Where was, are they landing that?
2: Missoula? Missoula. They just landed at the airport, man.
4: What? They can land those things on freaking aircraft carriers. Aircraft carriers.
0: <laughs> they can land it at the, so, the runway in Missoula. But you think they would let their? Yes. like twenty million dollar fighter jet. I'm sure
4: they had some of the national guard people there. watch it. I mean, I'm sure there was some security protocol.
0: So Jayton Simpson's out there working the airport, it's... still messing around with that jet.
2: Chief is out there watching it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I I, <laughs> I live out there on the northwest end of town. I can I can I can attest. Jets land at that and like don't just like touch and go, but they land and they so it's. They can land like, okay. yeah, there was someone that was saying that. They're like, yeah, they flew over and they landed in Great Falls and they caught a ride and they got back. Well and Luke was just like, said it. Well I know that, but I was I was hearing this before. <laughs> but I, I was hearing this but a lot of people are talking about, you know, a lot of people, Luke. Um but uh, it was like it's like two hours forty five minutes from Missoula Gray Great Falls, right? Like on maybe two and a half? Yeah, two and a half. So the game was three hours. Yeah,
4: there ain't no way. And we, th- right, those no
2: pilots way. were on the field halfway through the third quarter, so they would have got from Great Falls to Missoula in like an hour and a half.
0: I just, I don't. All right, <laughs> they all landed right. in Missoula. Okay, <laughs> you're painting me into a corner here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> now I think maybe right. they landed
2: in Great Falls, and I does not make sense, but like I don't know, got some sort of like helicopter or like some other ride over. Like that doesn't make. I I don't know. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So.
0: Well, if anyone knows definitively, that's listening. Be great to know. Tweet us at. Tweet at us.
2: <laughs> oh man, what a great day though. Do you know
0: what weirded me out though? What's up? That stupid drone. There's two of them. I I don't like those drones.
2: People watching on TV loved them.
0: Well, it, I'm sure it's a cool experience, but I I caught myself looking at a lot. Like, pretty cool. loud too. Mm-hmm.
4: They are. Yeah, they are. Did you guys they? see
3: the the game day piece? That was a story awesome of the game day ran that Van
4: Valkenburg did. All right, yeah. Yeah. what what did you like about it he's just so salty
3: know. that they didn't come a little bit yeah I mean, it was I, fine. Think the, I think that's fair though
4: the, the fact that they the, really teased it like, they, they, did. they let us on they definitely let us on but I think that the decision came down from oh no well the decision was like far beyond yeah, it from, a, the from a TV station perspective yeah. like yeah. Fox
3: has been dominating that noon kickoff slot right mm-hmm. and they wanted ABC wanted to ESPN wanted to kind of try and get a ratings boost in that noon slot. So, yeah. I mean, that's, no, I that's why.
4: Um, but to me, the fact that they took the time to, to mention it bodes well for UM getting that in the future. And we talked about that a little bit with Ryan yeah. last week.
0: I like how we also, they kept showing the score of that game and how crappy yeah. the game it was. I like how the PA, the PA announcer announced it yeah. and everyone was just like, boom! <laughs> score
4: from Columbus, Ohio. Because he announced it and I hadn't seen the score yet. So when he said like 50 or 49, I was thinking like, it's gonna be like forty nine fifty two because yeah. like Peter Christian will do that. It'll be Ohio State forty nine, MSU zero. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> um, I know that I lost my voice yesterday. Um, Same. Also, the first time I've been in Stock Stockman's Bar, <laughs> maybe since I was with you. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while, Luke. Uh, we're talking decade, maybe. What was it like? It was similar. Uh, it was similar. Yeah. Um, yeah, not a lot changes. It felt a little That's old, <laughs> except that when I went, we walked in, me and another guy walked in, and we didn't get carded. And the guy just gave us stamps and said, you boys have a good night. And I was just thinking, <laughs> yeah, that guy's thinking, like, you guys are too old to be here.
1: <laughs>
4: Although there were a lot of people older than us in that bar. I was surprised at how many people I saw who I knew in stocks.
0: interesting i remember my my fondest memories of stocks was showing bouncers like a safeway card to get in and <laughs> then feeling like the oldest guy in the bar i was like why is everyone younger than me i shouldn't be in here what's your safeway card
2: yeah <laughs> oh my god what time are you guys down at stocks
4: i didn't go to stocks oh okay Mike. um like nine thirty.
2: Wait, Luke, you texted us if we were going out, and I was like, probably not. Yeah, but I went I to the basketball a stock game. Stocks, and oh, basketball out. game. Yeah, did you the... end up going
0: out? No. Okay. No, I retired. I was definitely drunk. Um, yeah, <laughs> you started drinking at ten a.m. So it was...
2: it's like nine p.m. Like you're eleven hours later. People like we're going I mean, it downtown. Was, it it's was like, just yeah, like college though
4: because I <laughs> called my dad this morning. I said, hey, can you give me a ride downtown to get my truck? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The only difference was, instead of having someone's younger brother come get us, uh, we had someone's kid come get us. So, you know. That's that's hilarious. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I really like,
0: Bear Tycoon and his wife showed. Yeah. And she had never been to uh, a tailgate experience. Really? She went to a university that didn't have college football. Oh, wow. And she sat in the north end zone, thanks to Brent. Yeah. And she's like, what's the North End Zone? And I was like, you have got to just lose your shit all game long in the North End Zone. And I think it might have been the coolest first game experience for someone of all time.
2: I mean, that game, that event, North End Zone.
0: That's, yeah.
2: Shout out to Dan, who I think listens to the pod. Those are his seats that they got. so. So
4: awesome. This is actually a great time for a user question we got. And we can give Sean a couple minutes to Sean needs do to, whatever he needs to do. Sean, oh, needs, some, Sean some needs to do some Cause
2: the, Brent Wahlberg's now. You'll be sneaking on 41, now you idiots. Tied, and they <laughs> oh, went for it. You got to block, a got it. A block 93.
0: If they would have snuck that, though, the running back.
2: This is what I love about Sean is that when I blow up like a crazy person on the Packers and everyone makes fun of me about it, and they're like, Sean is like this excellent media personality, but when it comes to – his professional team as well. He's not as, nearly as nuts as me, <laughs> but there's like little little moments. <laughs> you can like, see the cracks. Sean in has me. like a Brent Wahlberg Chargers tweet what? that just creeps in. Every yeah. Time. It's like, yes. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just like venting, you know? Because yeah. I'm watching it at
3: home and everyone's asleep and it's just like my way of venting. Yes. What makes you your a hope crazy that Maybe one of them
2: will read that tweet the next day. Yeah. <laughs> what
0: makes you a crazy fan and you and your Packer tribe on Twitter are like this is you'll just tweet. Sweet non sequitur things like everyone's watching in real time with yeah. Yeah. Like they're sitting there. Like me. I can't believe they didn't
4: like pass there. And you're like, what is this? Tweet? Yeah. every once in a while, like there'll be something where it's like it, you're not even actually completely sure it's football, and it's like, oh god, is something bad happening? <laughs> All right. I can't, probably yeah, do it too. I can't believe it. Oh no, what happened to Brent? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I do it with Yankee baseball. Um <laughs> So we had a user question, or a user question, a listener yes. question that I actually thought was great. So I want to bring it up now. A guy named Nick Larkin said, he said, first listener question out of the gate is, recap your 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. of your day. And then he did hashtag Money So I'll go first. I actually, we got there um, at 8 Um, a.m. At the tailgate, we were at the... They had gumbo going, nice sausage. It's good gumbo. Brent actually got some. Twelve gumbo hours on the later, still Twelve hours gumbo. <laughs> later, it was still delicious. Um, the andouille was gone. That's yeah, my only complaint yeah, to the yeah, chef. No, andouille was gone. It <laughs> had been all day. Um, so we actually got to the tailgate about eight thirty. Um, kids are running around doing all that. I went over and helped set up my my company one. Yep. Um, you know, did all the normal tailgate stuff. Tailgates were great. There were a lot of Cat fans, but it was all good fun. <laughs> Went into the stadium at about 11.15 because I didn't want to get stuck sitting outside during kickoff. Um, sat there, you know, waited for the game to start, which was fantastic. I, this season, have not been leaving during halftime because, unlike, you know, Brent and, and maybe you, do you leave during halftime? No. No, all I right. want to be a good fan. You know, I want to be back there supporting the team in the third quarter. Um <laughs> So did that. Um, after the game, um, you know, watched all the all the celebrations on the field, which you know, took that all in. Oh, that was so fun. Um, when they were bringing the the trophy out in the back of that truck, um, you could tell that the guy in the back of the truck was trying to get the players to move so they could take it to midfield. Yeah, the linemen were having none of it. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to me. Valerie basically like threw open the tailgate and yanked that trophy. And I couldn't believe how much he moved it. I thought he was going to pull the thing out of the truck. And the other lineman picked it up, and away they went, which was great. Um, We stayed out the tailgates until 6 or so. Um, And then went to the basketball game, and I uh, went to Stockman's Bar. So there's uh, there's my day. Man. Probably left out some key details. There were several beers consumed.
2: One or two, right? Yeah. Yeah. And water. And water. Yeah. So you're responsible. Always. Water between every beer. Yeah. Good to go. Um. Yeah, typical. I mean, I don't know if my schedule is actually all that different from a typical game, but it's like, because I do a tailgate as well, too. So uh, my daughter came with me uh, to the game. And so Em and I were out of the house by 8.30, kegs of beer from Paddy Creek Market shortly thereafter. Load up on site by 9.30. It is kind of, I mean, obviously, you knew it was coming with um, the game. And, uh, but a lot of times, so the tailgates where we are in the grass area, you can, you're supposed to not tap your kegs till two hours before kick. Um, so usually we get in about two hours, 15 minutes before to set up, and there's usually nobody there. So we got in at like 9.20, 9.25, so two and a half hours, and it was, packed out there already so I mean you could just tell right? Grizzcat you knew it was going to happen so yeah <clears throat> tailgate set up did come out at halftime but only missed I didn't miss yeah we left with three minutes to go into the half got out slang some beers just me not my daughter she served chili and <laughs> she's um... <laughs> great she's a sport <laughs> she... and uh, only missed the Bobcat three and out for um, uh, First possession and back in the stadium and same thing tore down. T- you you know, only we're missed
4: all- the moment where I knew we were going to win. I mean, yeah, but you missed it, so I you didn't it. know. I already knew. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I didn't. I said Justin Ford. Uh, Second play. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, but yeah, then you know, I was. We were all out right afterwards, and that's when we got the photo with the four of us. Did you see Andrew's uh, little edit? Yeah, Andrew's Did coming for your job. Apparently,
4: the two times we've had Andrew on, you've, you've, been,
2: you've gone. been gone.
4: And he now feels like. That's not true, is it? I don't know. That's what he said. I felt
0: like.
2: Th- Did you zoom
4: him in once?
0: Maybe he's been on three times. We've had him on three times. Yeah. I've been here for one of them. Yeah, so he's clearly coming for me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so the photo of the us with James, he like cropped out his Twitter profile of his nephew throwing up. And it's like, it's a, it's a high quality.
0: Yep. Covered your face. No, Brent, I caught this. <laughs> 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 I just failed to react to, to Twitter Smart. trolls. Yeah, don't don't let those don't feed the trolls. trolls. <laughs> <laughs> <Twitter.
2: laughs> yeah, tear down the tailgate back home. We had a we had a we had a dinner with some friends and then just hung out with a uh, couple of friends and former Grizz and. That was one thing polished to, off uh, a little bottle of Basil Hayden's with a few people and uh, it was that, a fun night. That was one
4: thing to s- that was kind of fun to see because obviously, you know, when we were together after yours, you, you know. A couple of former Grizz came yeah. by, your buddies, and they're just all pumped. And then I went to the, you know, the guys I tailgate with, and one of them is former Grizz, and it's just you could tell it still means so much to them. Like yeah. this is very important, and these guys took care of it for. Them. <laughs>
0: Did you finish the Huckleberry Bourbon?
2: Nope, uh, got about halfway. Well, it, it was. I wanted to. I didn't want to like pass out, out of the tailgate just a bunch of randos, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh shout out Jeff for the the huckleberry um from uh What are they? Uh Glacier is a Glacier Distillery I think it I is. Think so. And uh yeah, so had a nice little uh had some samples. He brought brought a bottle in and we had a little bit. Okay, big play. We're watching this. Oh! oh, there oh, we go! oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> too soon. Oh, he I scored too early. Too no. <laughs> no <the highest laughs> two
3: like just over 2 minutes, oh, I like No. You yeah, know. <laughs>
4: But I mean they got to score a touchdown cuz a field goal Yeah. yeah. That's so, that's big. That's big. Chargers right. defense
3: sucks though, so we'll see.
2: 3 plays,
4: 75
3: yards right Yeah, seven. <laughs> James, <laughs> James is changes out the lane. Yeah, it is an extra head. point for the Chargers. <laughs> that's never a guarantee, yeah. so that's,
2: extra points aren't really much of a guarantee anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> they would be if you had money, Macias. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hey.
4: There we <laughs> there <you laughs> go. So yeah. Luke, it was your day. Cuz then I want to end it with, with yeah. Sean. interesting one. Yeah, I got
2: up, I got drunk, I went to bed. Not Sean. That was no, I, well, I don't know, he might have all wish. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't I ended up not even going to work on Thursday. Um, so I could sleep and then I had to work on Friday. But I was not I was not having a lot of fun there. Went to bed early Friday, woke up on Saturday about seven, met Greg and Travis, some of our friends yeah. at the press box. Yep. got breakfast and drinks there, rolled over to the Berkshire tailgate and then Brent's tailgate after the game yeah uh went back to Brent's tailgate it was so
4: fun we <laughs> hugged we took pictures <laughs> i know i got i got there first like we waited in the stadium and figuring all right Brent's gonna be there so we go out Brent's not there i'm like well luke was texting saying he's coming here because no, 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 I... I wanted to get the photo i was like the four of us need to get this photo then we were about ready to leave and then here comes luke i was like Thank God. So we almost you know almost missed our opportunity here. Because James wanted to go play with his buddies. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, all right. Yeah. Run go.
2: I still had a half a keg to polish off, which we successfully did with our group. So yeah. we did, yeah. yeah. And nice I work.
0: Went, I went to the game and You were at the game? I was at the game. No way. The oh, basketball game. I missed you. I was falling. I, mean, I was. I was kind of falling asleep. Was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was warm because I still had all my clothes on from the football uh, game. Yeah, me too. Oh, man. <laughs> so I was a, you know. And
4: then I did that in stocks too, and I was like, oh, oh, damn, a little dude. warm.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah. So then after that, after the game, I, I considered going downtown, but you know, you guys weren't going to go downtown. Apparently.
4: Well, I didn't go downtown until after the basketball game, which mm. is what I said to you.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I just thought you were too busy talking
4: with Sam Herder. Oh God, yeah, I did. I met Sam Herder at the basketball game in the media tent, in the, right? In the well, the Sky Club wasn't open because we went looking for you know yeah. just what I needed—more drinks. But it was closed, <laughs> and there's was just like six guys sitting at tables working on computers. So I was like, okay, it's the media room. So we sat and watched the game mm-hmm. up there, and then I kind of looked around. And I was like, that guy looks like Sam Herder. So the guy I was next to Googled him and found a picture. and We were like, holding it up. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey Sam? Said, Sam? So I was like, Hey, are you Sam Herder?" He said, Yeah. So I was like, You really think the can get four seeds? He's like, Ah, maybe. And he was right, maybe. Maybe. Didn't. Yeah. Didn't. Yeah. All right, Sean. All right. Uh well
3: well he said ten to ten, right? Ten to ten. Well, my day started five and a half oh, hours before say, ten. Because oh, you
4: guys did God. the you did the wake up.
3: Well, so so we did all of our um class double A coverage. So we were live. It was actually pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, can I ask you a
4: question? Can I pause you there? Yeah. Did you have like the whole SWX Montana team? We had a lot of town? people here, so we had, your we, show had, will we had b- We had we had Spencer
3: live. Martin, our Billings guy. We had Ronald Ryan Connell, our Great Falls guy. Alex Esherman, our Bozeman reporter, was over. Oh wow. Um, so we had a we had a lot. We had a full team. We did a lot of cool coverage. Um, it was really cool. They took me live, like right as the students were storming the field at Sentinel. Oh, awesome! So I was like oh. in the middle of the whole <laughs> thing, and the only bad part was I have um. The mic, and it was, you know, an XLR, like these, yeah. connected to the camera. And so we had the wire. And so this kid runs through, and is almost getting, like, Red Rover, Red oh, Rover shoot. clotheslined. So I, I grab his shoulder so he doesn't, like, take our camera and <laughs> the mic. But that was mayhem. Um, so got out of work at, like, midnight. Woke oh up at 4.30. Oh. And we went over because we did a morning show yep. at the university, um, which is um, which was fun. It's just, like, you know, we have no... In local news, you don't get a lot of help, so it's like we right. had to set yeah, everything up. You know, so we went there a couple hours before the show and uh, set everything up, and we're hanging out. Um, was there at dark, and then covered the game, and we did our you know the post game, and then we you know uh, did our live the, the entire five o'clock uh, news. We did live for nine straight minutes off the top, oh, uh, wow. all the brawl of the wild stuff, <laughs> and then you had to we had to record. There you um, go. We had to... Joey Pozo, let's go. Yes. Uh, we had to record our... Um, we recorded the Lates, um, our, our segment for the Lates, and then we left. So I, I got there when it was dark, left when it was dark, and then um, it's, this is when you know you're getting older, you know, and you have a family, was all, all those reporters that you mentioned, um, they all like went out and about, and they're like, Sean, come on, come on, have a drink, and I was like... I got. It. I'm so tired. I, I want to go to bed. Um, I want to see my kids. Because at no 10 o'clock, when he when he asked that schedule question, I, that's when I had my five hour energy shot. And then uh, <laughs> I got home and played with the kids for a little bit, and I was asleep at 8:30. You guys texted at like 11:30, oh shit, so, or like 11. I <laughs> said, so, no, no, it was fine. I was out, oh, yeah, but yeah, I just yeah. I we just woke up, out. and they're like, hey. We're, including rainy we're gonna record at this and i was like yeah i've been asleep for two hours at that point <laughs> so credit to everyone else stand up I, yeah i was out at eight thirty, just absolutely exhausted been pretty tired all day I, I chugged an energy drink kind of before we started this and uh you know because uh it's just I, yeah i worked like it was when i went home i realized i had worked 25 of the last 30 hours oh, oh man um, but this is what we live for you know and like all right. I, I just remember last year when we had COVID and there was no, there, there was nothing yep, going on. So exactly. it's like I'm not going to complain yeah, about all the true. crazy work that we have to do. Um, it was that was just an epic weekend. Um, like AA never hosts. That's a good point. To have that huge. all here yeah. on the same weekend and to have like to have our whole team. This is going to sound like corny and stuff, but just like we don't see each other very often because yeah. we're all so busy. We don't get to like all come in in one area. So to have like the whole team together. And just the football community of Missoula as a whole. Yeah, yeah, Like just a you know, saw a whole lot of Grizz people at the AA game and just, you know, just to be able to experience that weekend. I mean, it's a weekend that we're never going to forget. And yeah. so it, and I'm blessed to kind of be at it from the perspective that I am. So,
4: I mean, it really is. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, so a lot of people maybe don't get into high school football and that's fine. Um, but it was really it was, cool to host that at yeah. Zula, yeah and it was it, it was like rocking too It was it yeah. was packed it was and like
3: packed. you mentioned like the performance that like Zach Cruz had Grizz commit yep throws two touchdowns to the tight end Joe who, Joe White Grizz commit yeah. Grizz commit. Yep. <laughs> Clat Cla- <laughs> I wanted to mention that Class A football Tyson Rostad rushed for the most yards ever by a quarterback in a state title game in Class A Grizz commit, Grizz commit. um Long. and then also Thompson Falls won Florence, Florence. won for Florence, the first yeah. time in over three decades. The entire West side all won. Yeah. Um, it was it was just a it was a crazy weekend, uh, one that was we'll certainly never forget.
4: You got to think about what are the statistical probabilities that one of the Missoula schools wins, Impossible. Florence wins Hamilton and wins. Hamilton wins. Yeah, in the same year. And <laughs> not yeah, I get you going with your <laughs> yeah. 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 but anyway. So you know what I'm saying yeah. is like you know even if you don't follow high school football, like it was awesome for Missoula to host that game. It was cool to win it. And to your point exactly, it was like it's just fun to see Missoula be able to put on that well, it's show. All, it's that also model.
3: too uh Sentinel coach Dane Oliver, former Grizz former player, played Bobby, or for Bobby, uh Bryce Carver, wide receiver, yep. for Coach Hauk at Hamilton. Yep. yep. So <laughs> That's
2: true. I'm sure Bobby's like,
3: have all my former players be the coaches yeah. at Go. high school. Funnel them all to
4: me. You know? yeah. <laughs> Tradition, yeah. <laughs> so,
0: Sean, now that high school football's over, right? Grizz have a bye. Yeah. Do you get a reprieve this? Weekend? A little
3: breather, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take kind of the end of the week off. I'm gonna go to Livingston, where my wife's from, and have some Thanksgiving and kind of have a little bit of a breather. Nice. And then, I mean, things are gonna. So the game really sucks that it's Friday night. At least from my perspective, because we have all the shows. On Fridays? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be a little tricky. Like, on Saturdays, the show our shows that are out of, out of billing, so it's a little bit easier. All right. But since it's a Friday night, that's going to be a little wrinkle for us. But it'll be fun. Um, Just, man, a December night game. Just do them live. Could get, this is... Okay, I'm going to throw this random question at you guys, because I was just thinking about this on the way over. Yes. Let's just assume it's Eastern, okay? Yeah. What would you say is the ideal weather situation that would be an advantage for the Grizz?
4: Colder, the better. But like
3: precipitation, like what's the ideal? Because obviously they throw it a little bit more, but the Grizz throw it too. So like what would you think is the most ideal weather situation?
0: I just think very cold. Yep. No precipitation.
3: Like would rain help the Grizz over Eastern? No.
4: I I think that it Uh, it probably hurts the uh, Eastern more than it hurts the Grizz, but I don't know that it creates an advantage. Cold in my mind. Because Eric Barrier is not the same QB in cold. That's a good point.
2: Yeah, yeah, that cat.
4: Because
3: it was raining in the beginning of the cat game. Yeah, I don't and think it windy. was raining hard once the game started. I said it was.
2: It went. It was windy in that game though too. Yeah, yeah. Windy. So.
0: wind Wind could be a thing because they throw it deeper, way more. But oh yeah, know. that's a good point. I just think we definitely still have to get first downs through the air. Yeah. So it can't. But it's, be. But it, it is more be, short passing
3: games. Yeah, yeah. I, just I don't know. It's, don't just it's an interesting question. Like what? I mean. Windy
0: and cold. That's yeah. a, that's us. Because then it's gonna hurt. To be an offensive player for Eastern, our defense hits so hard; they're so tenacious. That's not going to feel good for Barrier.
3: I think you. I think you want. Yeah, I don't think you actually want precipitation because sometimes they say like like a wet, sloppy field can almost help the offense because they're the ones that know where they're going. And with how aggressive Montana's defense is, yeah, I think you might just want it like cold and windy, but the field but dry, like yeah, yeah, like
0: snow or, or yeah. wet grass, yeah. yeah. I Interesting. Know, just thought it was kind of a curious
4: thing to think about.
0: I hope we get him again.
4: I, you know, it's funny because the n- the night we lost, I was I was watching it at a bar with some friends camping, and I said, "You said it on the pod too." I want to see him again. Yeah. And I said, "I think we will." And here we are. And and
3: it's nice that it's at
4: home. And boy, like... are they pissed? Pissed about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Montana getting the seed. And it's there's no rational. And I'm sure the Grizz would be the same way. But it's like they are convinced that Montana took their seed. They don't care the fact that. If Montana, if Eastern got seed and Montana was unseeded, then Montana would have just beaten Montana State, who was seeded. I mean, that doesn't matter to them. The fact that Montana has one more Division I win than they do doesn't matter to them. You know, the fact that UW was number 20 in the nation at the FBS level, that win doesn't seem to matter at all. The only thing that apparently should have mattered in the committee's eyes is head-to-head. My answer to that is... Eastern, you shouldn't have lost to Weber and Montana State. Like they had at home, they had their, they controlled their destiny to get a number one seed and host on the inferno the whole way. And they blew it. And so, I mean, they can be, they can be mad all they want, but it's like you go find their message board and they're convinced that Ken Haslam is like this puppet master (laughs) who just, all he wanted to do was screw over Eastern Washington. Look at the freaking bracket the Grizz are in. If, if Kent Haslam was the all-being of the FCS playoffs, <laughs> I don't think that he would have put them in the bracket to have to travel to James Madison, potentially, and then have to travel to North Dakota State. Probably not. I yeah. mean, Plus,
3: he's out of the room when they're making the decisions. Yeah. For all those people that don't Why know, whenever so. Big Sky gets brought up,
2: whoever's associated... Oh, is it the whole conference? I yeah. think it was
4: just your team.
2: I think it's big. I think wow. it might be big. I, saw, I yeah. saw some people tweeting that, too. Like, yeah, yeah you got to leave the room when it's your conference. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
4: Wow. I have so many problems with the um playoffs and regionalization. Like you say are we diving into that? And I do I mean sure. Deep dive. I do think that um um <laughs> Eastern I think Eastern should have <laughs> been a seed over um Zach? ETSU. ETSU or yeah. Um but I I think that the, the FCS playoffs are broken. And I asked Sean before and he said he doesn't think there's any hope that they fix it, so great. But I mean I just I think that they create they expanded the playoffs and they gave every league an auto bid but now it's created this world where then every conference that has an auto bid I'm pretty sure has somebody on the committee and so now all of a sudden it's like rather than putting in a fifth big sky team which we did get five this year rather than putting in a fifth big sky team that would destroy any of the teams in these conferences They'll start to make a case for why the second team from this crappy conference yeah. deserves a seed, yeah. and or or a spot. It's just like it absolutely. That's not the way this is supposed to work. And ETSU does not have the resume to have a seed, in my opinion. They just don't. They like,
2: won their conference, right? So that's that's the argument for them. Well, they obviously they obviously had a
3: giant weighted stock in winning your conference because with Sac State getting a four, like a I was four. shocked. Like I think Sac State's the fourth best team in the Big Sky, mm-hmm. let alone the four overall seed in the entire playoffs. So they obviously put a huge stock into that. Kind of my, my issue with it is like, I think if, if I were in the committee, I would kind of weigh things as like, how good do I think these teams are? Like, yes, you have your resume and and that matters. Mm-hmm. But it's also to me, it's what is, what is your ceiling? Were there circumstances during the season, mm-hmm. which resulted in your resume being different? like, Yes, Sac State beat Montana. You, you're not you can't erase that. You can't take that away. Right. But there is a little like parentheses to that, where Montana didn't have their starting quarterback and they were super banged up. And Sac State didn't play Montana State. They didn't play Eastern. They didn't play Weber. They didn't play Idaho. And then the games that they did have against the lesser competition, they they beat Idaho State by less than a field goal. And they bet they beat Northern Colorado late in the season by a field goal. That Northern Colorado team is terrible. Yep. They're they're bad, as you yeah. learned
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> the hard way. Oh, they're wow. bad, <laughs> but, but should we talk some more you know about that? <laughs> <bad>? Southern Utah? <laughs> um, Sorry, you know. So I just in the the way that the Big Sky schedule is. I mean i I picked Sac State, I think second or third in the conference in the preseason, just because I looked at their. Their schedule, their schedule, yeah. and so much a bit of it in the big sky is just about your schedule. And so, to me, it's just I, I would take that into account. It doesn't look like the committee did as much, which, I mean, that's just how they do it. But that's not how I would do it, and I don't think that's how a lot of fans would do it. And I think it kind of does the the teams that are actually the best. Um, it does them uh, an in service like a, a bad service. And if you're my, it, like if you are these conferences, if you are Kent hasn't like you want your best. Teams to have the best chance to make it. Keep going. So you wouldn't like if if Kent had all this sway that they are saying somebody other than they would not have Sac State State be the highest seed. Like they wouldn't give Sac State the easiest road because I think deep down, like, is there anyone that believes Sac State is the best team in the Big Sky? No, no, I don't think so. And so I don't think that they would give them the easiest path if they really wanted the Big. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So. I don't know. I, th- I think Montana got a really, really tough draw. But at the end of the day, you're just going to have to do it anyways. And so we'll see what happens.
4: It yep. is interesting. But honestly, my, th- this year, and it changes every year, it seems like. But this year, my biggest takeaway from the, the messages committee sent is don't schedule tough out of conference. Schedule. Because yeah, it doesn't matter. They just, they just rather have the win. Yeah. Make a cupcake. Like, you yeah. know, and not to pick on MSU, but I mean, MSU's out of schedule was Wyoming, which was a loss, and two non scholarship teams but they were both D1 wins. Yeah. Drake and San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. But the issue with like with
3: the polls too, like Montana State like started out so slow because they like if they would have beat Wyoming, even though they they probably should have. These they were, you know, in the 13 to 15 range mm-hmm. throughout right. most of the year. Right. When they lose that game early, which is why I don't like the polls because we're all human beings. The committee sees the polls every single week. Sure. And they they keep a you know a, a track of that. So it's just like to me, I, I don't know. I just I think the the system is is kind of flawed. Sam Houston, the they the best team, the entire season that they played on their schedule was number twenty two Central Arkansas, the so, entire year, not in the playoffs. Like these, some of these big C.I. teams have played three, four top ten teams in the country. Yeah, yeah. They played number twenty two. And what's so like? How are they the
4: one seed? Is not that I think the spring season was legitimate, but they gave Sam Houston the the. Top seed in the coming spring into it because of it, yeah, because, because of what they did. In well, there. Yeah. no, but in the spring they gave them the top seed because they had a tough schedule. This year they gave them the top seed not because they had a tough schedule, but because but they, they,
3: had were, lo- they had lost. They hadn't lost, yeah. And it's
4: just like I mean, there's no consistency.
3: But that's why I think I think Montana State's road at number eight is way easier, absolutely, than the Grizz seed at six. And I'm not just saying that from the Grizz perspective. Like I'm saying that like if you just look overall, like I'd rather have to go through a Sac State and a Sam Houston than. Eastern, James Madison, North Dakota State, just to get to the title game.
2: Yep. So here's Montana State's bracket. They are going to play the win in uh, the plan of UT Martin, who was nine and two, uh, mid-major conference versus Missouri State, who I think finished. They they are three. good. I Missouri will say State, that. coached yeah. by a Petrino, they are good. Uh, <laughs> Sam Houston will host the winner of Stephen F. Austin and Incarnate Word. Uh, Stephen F. Austin and at-large Incarnate Word, the auto bid out of that little teeny conference. That's what's left down there. So then, then uh, yeah, then Mon- Montana State, Sam Houston, host, and
4: who? Um, yeah, who does James Madison play? The winner of
2: James Madison. That's our Sarlo little region. James Madison plays the winner of Florida A and M against Southeastern Louisiana. <laughs> I've actually watched <laughs> two Southeastern Louisiana games. Um, I heard FIM use that okay. They could, I mean, if they play a semblance of defense, because <laughs> southeastern Louisiana has the worst defense I've ever seen in my whole life, um, they can't stop a single thing. And the, the two losses I watched them play. So um, I don't know. But again, in a, a, kind of a mid-major type school. So who knows? I mean, but, like,
4: um, neither of those teams have probably. That doesn't any move chance the, radar. Of no, the No, it doesn't, doesn't move is, the deal. Yeah, we saw but Louisiana look, come to Missoula, yeah. and it's just like it was. Yeah. And and it's not even the same echelon. Because you know, they like... don't seed the tournament. They regionalize it. So teams on the East Coast get all these freaking schools. As there's not as and many the good teams only on that time yeah. that a team in the West gets a school like that is if San Diego somehow wins the auto bid from that conference.
2: So, And here's a prime example. Five-seed Villanova. They're going to face the winner of Sacred Heart versus Holy Cross. Two East Coast school. I mean, whoever wins that yeah, is going to die at Nova, right? Yeah. And then their other side of that is the four seed, Sac State. Who, Davis versus South Dakota State. I think South Dakota State will probably win that. I mean, but South Dakota State is such a weird enigma team, right? They beat NDSU, but then they've, you know. But, like, you look at that side, and it's like, I don't know. I think the five or four seed both have much, like, a real easy route. But, honestly, you look at the whole playoff bracket, and the easiest route to get the national title game is North Dakota State. I mean, their brackets, they're going to face the winner of Southern Illinois versus South Dakota. They've already played South Dakota, right? So how many rematches do they have set up? They have a bunch in here. And on the other side, they just set up a whole bunch of mid-majors. So Davidson plays Kennesaw State, and the winner of that goes to ETSU, who got a seed, and then the winner of that's going to go to North Dakota State. I mean, North Dakota State, they just rolled out the red carpet to send them all the way to uh, the semifinals. It's going to be easy for them. So, yeah, I don't know. Regionalization, man. I mean, it's – I think it just it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, what can you do? But but it it is kind of crappy, you know.
3: It and is, it, yeah. I think it'd be cool too. Like, it's kind of cool when you play new teams and new conferences because right. as a fan base, you, you get to learn about it and you get to you yeah. know experience that. Like mm-hmm. that that was like what was so crappy when the Grizz had to play Michigan in back to back NCAA tournaments. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's because like you wanted to experience like a new team, a new coach, a new conference. Like cause it's you know, and to have it all be the same, that was so lame. And so to me, like, playing a team, especially that you played, like, it'd be cool if the Grizz played, like, had the chance to play UC Davis in, in the second round because they haven't yeah. played them yet. Yeah. But yeah. when you're playing a common opponent, like, one that you've already played, like, it's just kind of lame, in my opinion. I know the, the team, though, I mean, they're going to look forward to getting oh. uh, getting a, a second shot at them. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I think as a, a fan base, it's kind of cool to play new teams. And so that part of it is, is and it hamstrings the whole committee as well. Like we're kind of bashing them a little bit, but they're, kind. Of, I think they're kind of hamstrung yeah. Oh, yeah. in ways that like they wouldn't – like this would not be the bracket if they were doing it completely based on how good everyone is. Right. Yeah. So they're kind of working with their hands tied a little bit too.
4: It just feels like the compromise between giving all these schools auto bids could be, but we're going to seed it. Like how much more expensive could travel really be? Like I get that they want these bus trips in certain places. Right. I don't know.
0: I think it's horseshit. We've been going for minutes, and Luke just no, hops in. You guys Three have, words, it's horseshit. No, you, no you guys, have, you guys have, <laughs> ha- haven't said anything I, I couldn't I contribute yeah. <laughs> besides that exclamation point. No, that, was, that was great. So true, though. Like I, I just don't understand. I, I guess I realized that Sacramento State would have an aneurysm if they didn't have a higher seed than any of the other Big Sky Conference teams. Right? If you're their AD, their coach, they're like, well, Probably. what else, couldn't we, what but, else I mean, could we have done? You know,
4: like, you know, screw this conference. You guys doesn't, don't respect us when we do everything we should do. Well, they could have scheduled, they could have beat their out-of-conference opponent. They got destroyed by Northern Iowa. They yeah. lost to was the last team in. Yeah.
3: My, my thing, because like, Grizz, everyone, like when I tweeted out, like, because I think Sac State's overrated. And I had Sac State people being like, they beat the Grizz. I'm like, Compare their resume to MSU. It's not better. No, MSU's resume is better than Sac State's. Mm -hmm. They went on the road and they beat Weber. They went on the road and they beat Eastern. And yeah, they, they, they should have beat Wyoming and then they lose to their rivals in Missoula. Sac State's best win is over a banged up Montana. And that's it. And then they got destroyed by the next best team that they played in Northern Iowa at home. It's not better than Montana State's. It's not.
0: I'm just imagining a scenario in which we we flip spots with Sac State, and we're like, "Hey, what else could we have done? Like, we we need we won the whole conference, we get the highest seed in the tournament." So I understand, like, when you're saying the committee's hamstrung, I think, and they thought we well, we to give Montana, MSU, Eastern higher seeds. That means we would have to give Sac. A one, two, or three, but we know that's yeah, wrong. No, no. So four was probably like the compromise zone. If you think the committee's hamstrung a little mm-hmm. bit by like some sort of order of operations on seating and regionalization, those two parameters like ugh. but here I am. I don't want to defend this process. Like <laughs> it's stupid. We're we're better than that yeah. team. But that's why I want to say, like, if you're the committee, just like screw it. I don't care that
3: Sac State won the conference. They're not as good. And so we're going to seed it this way. And we don't care what... Yeah. The the out- answer we don't be... care what the fallback is. Yeah, like, we say, don't think they're as good. Exactly. It's the same
5: thing
4: with the FBS. The FBS the does it that way.
3: Like Cincinnati's not getting in.
4: The answer mm-hmm. would be like... Yeah. So you guys, know what I mean? You've got a conference that's too big and you don't play each other. Not our problem. Yeah. I mean...
3: They're... Like, you know? it's unfortunate that Sac didn't have a chance to prove themselves playing Montana State or Eastern as well. They, they missed out on all that. And it, it's unfortunate, but they're going to get... That we don't think they're as good, or maybe don't beat Northern Colorado by a field goal late in the season,
2: and don't beat Idaho State by two. Yeah, or I mean, you can put it in some other perspective as well too. So Montana State goes nine and two, Villanova goes nine and two. Villanova, their one FCS loss is to six and five William and Mary. Yep. Montana State's one FCS loss is to nine and two Montana. Villanova's a five seed.
4: That's the one Cats I. Like, the Villanova <laughs> being that high and ETSU getting a seed are the two things that I don't well, really I think
3: understand. If the, if the Cats would have beat the Grizz, I think they should have been the one number one, one overall two. seed.
4: I, I, I thought too, but yeah.
3: So you go from one or two to eight, like almost off, out of based it, based off yeah. one, game, yeah, based <laughs> off like one rivalry game where like you can almost throw it out as far on as on the like, road,
2: yes, against another top ten team. Yeah, like in the regular season, like it'd be interesting. Well, we'll find out tomorrow, right, when they release the polls. But it's like I'll bet the Cats are. I mean, what do you think? We're we'll probably go to like five and cats will go to like six. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah, and that's what the seeding should be too.
3: <laughs> yeah. Sac State's not gonna be number four. No. I guarantee you that.
2: And I mean if they get Davis, they'll probably beat them again, I would guess. But, but I think Davis is toast. But but that's the other thing. I think Davis being State.
3: ranked so high from the beginning Kind of screwed things over. See, and Davis because that 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 win, the Sac State win, makes it look more impressive. But Davis is not that good. We've been having been
4: been struggling so bad. Davis lost to Idaho State. Yeah, they've been struggling. (laughs) Like,
2: (laughs) and (laughs) lost their last two, right? Eastern and Sac. Yeah. Yeah. So they like at home, both of them at home.
0: I don't know. All right. Well, I feel like um, we've hashed this out, except what. What do you guys think? We're definitely getting Eastern at home, probably? So, I would say the odds of us getting Eastern
2: are very strong. Uh, A couple things about just looking at that game, knowing that we're going to face one of these two opponents. Northern Iowa, 6-5, and you and I, the committee. I mean, shit. They could beat, like, 3-8, and and they'd probably send them to the playoffs, you know? Um, But the argument for you and I is four of their six wins, four? I think four, Mm -hmm. were against teams that are in the playoffs. So they have beat good teams and their losses were also to like the North Dakota States uh and and what have you. So not necessarily a bad loss for them either. They play very good defense. Um not Montana good. Probably not Montana State good. But they got a good pass defense. They're a ball controlled team. They don't score a lot of points, they don't allow a lot of points. Um it's gonna be interesting to see how that all plays out because you and I's you and I's very battle tested because they're they're coming out of what people say arguably or maybe not arguably but it's the best conference in the FCS. Uh, but they allow about two hundred yards a game passing and um, less than three hundred yards a game total defensively. So I think people immediately just being like, oh, you and I's six and five Eastern's gonna smoke them. I don't know. And the other thing that you and I does really well is. Uh, I mean, they're a good, they're a a slow, grinded out control type of team. And Weber State and Montana State beat Eastern with that type of game plan. So it was interesting when I first saw it. I was like, yep, we're getting Eastern. Book it. It's happening. They're coming. I I just, I'm surprised you and I did not outbid Eastern
4: Washington for the game. It's (laughs) happened once before where you and I got in. And they, well, they they came here. They once. came here, yeah. and he was all pissed. Yeah, was, like they, I don't think that they bid as well. They must not. Like, that's a weird place. And I will tell you, I would love to get Eastern again. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think it's what, but yeah, a very great consolation prize would be that whiny UNI and coach. Mickey. What's his name? Mark Farley or yes, Farley? Yeah. That guy.
0: would be funny. Is a
4: whiny little bitch. <laughs> also,
0: <laughs> I'm hoping Barrier throws ten touchdowns. Oh my god! I wow. why are they ranked so high every year? Their strength of schedule
2: is usually and like they usually book an out a conference where they play like right like a, a Big Ten team or a Big Twelve team, and they usually lose by like three because it's the first game of the the year, and then they play like they'll they'll play like two teams kind of in the Midwest. Well, I mean in this case they played sack State yeah they usually get a handful of good wins yeah and so they get they get like one good out of conference win and then whenever they lose in conference it's like well they lost North Dakota State all right well they lost to South Dakota State oh they lost to South Dakota all ranked teams and I was like and then they pull off a couple oh you know they weren't supposed to beat I I don't I'm not looking at their schedule right now maybe I should uh but it's like oh they beat uh you know South Dakota or somebody or uh What was it? Uh, They lost to South Dakota this year. uh, They beat South Dakota State, and then they beat Southern Illinois. So two ranked wins in a row, and then they beat Missouri State, another ranked win. And so it's like, all right, here you go. And then they, you know. But, I mean, same thing. Like, you and I finished one and two going down the stretch. They lost to Illinois State. Oh, I'm sorry. They lost to Missouri State. Apologies. And they kicked the crap out of Western Illinois, though. So it's like all their, again, their losses are to winning teams and they I'm okay, I'm okay with it though cuz I'd
3: rather have the the fifth the fourth but fifth best team in in the Missouri Valley or the Big Sky rather than the second or third best team in a shitty conference.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want I don't want to see Mercer. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm okay with it. You know. But yeah, so I think this U and I Eastern game is going to be weather dependent, right? Just like that Cat game if it's you got some some wind blowing sideways. You got some snow coming down. You got some precipitation. I don't even know what the Chini so, outlook looks like, but it could be a little more interesting. I expect Eastern to win, but I think you and I has a little bit more to them that could make it an interesting game.
4: So the then of course the winner comes Montana. It's a Friday night game. Yeah. Is there any chance that game is going to be on one of the ESPN networks?
2: Because I think they said it was.
4: It is because I would, It must be, or why would they do it on Friday night?
2: Yeah, I, well, ESPN doesn't – maybe you know this, Sean. Doesn't ESPN kind of lay out the, the schedule? Uh,
3: yeah, I thought it was just on ESPN+. See, Plus. I thought, it was when just, I first I thought it. the
4: first two rounds were just on ESPN+. Yeah. Plus, and then it makes me wonder, it's like uh, the ratings of these games aren't going to be so much that you do not want them, any of them playing at the same time? Or I'm all for a night game, but if it's not going to be on one of the networks, I kind of wonder why they're doing that. It's got to be. But I don't. Th- it's this has been their I schedule. I think it's just ESPN yeah. Plus. But yeah, maybe it's always the hope that they'll pick it up. But by that point, you know, we're well into basketball season, and there's always going to be some sort of basketball game
3: on. This. Who's who's tweeting from the Grisvand Pod account right now? Um who, do, a, who I, just that
4: would be. Who just I was gonna say who who just
3: quote tweeted the days since you unbeat MSU? We're
4: waiting for those guys to update that.
2: See, bitch, I was gonna say man. I was gonna say like
3: you should just quote tweet it and be like, what does this account and dinosaurs now have in common? You know? <laughs> <laughs> if
4: it's out tomorrow, we'll do it. Legit. We'll give you credit. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Sometimes Luke and I are both oh my God. very or excuse me, Brent and I. Are both very actively tweeting from the Grizz fan pod yeah. equa- account at the same time? <laughs>
2: you know. we had, yeah, yeah, where we had to be like, "This is Mike," yeah. <laughs> "This is Prince." <Brent> <laughs> 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 well, I'm excited for the playoffs. I, uh, I mean, I hate our bracket. I hate the side of it. Um, but you know, the interesting thing too. I mean, I really want to get Eastern. I would, I would love to. I think this team. I think these coaches. I think a lot of these fans like we want to see them again. Obviously, Eastern. Like if you're looking at progression through the playoffs, I think we want Northern Iowa because I think they're more beatable, right? They're very vanilla matchup wise. Too, yeah, man. matchup wise, it just makes a lot more sense for Montana. But obviously, revenge would be great. Last two years ago, we heard this direct from Bobby Hauk when we went to play Weber in the quarterfinals that he'd said he'd been a part of how many games where you play the same team twice in one year, and it was like he'd only seen one a team beat. 15, Sleep Have two wins once. It's, it's tough, especially when they're so close yeah. together. Of course, then like the big downer was like some article that came out today. It was like, "Oh, the Grizz lost twice to Eastern Washington in 2014." I was like, Pfft, "Thanks," <laughs> but uh, different era. But they were different clearly era. better, though. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that was uh Vernon Adams. Right, it was QB then. Right? Yeah, they was were that? definitely. Yeah. yeah, they were. I mean, they were better then. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So is it is it, a, is it yeah. a
3: successful successful season for the Grizz? No matter what happens in the playoffs. Would you say it's a good year if they lose the first game?
4: I mean, I think Uh. it's a good year in the sense that they overcame a lot of adversity on the injuries on the offensive side of the ball, beat the Cats, made the playoffs. But no, I mean, I don't think so. Like, we we went farther in 2019 with a less talented roster in my mind, Mm. except a QB. I mean, no knock on Cam, but Sneed was...
2: Yeah, 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 that's fair. I'm probably with you. And I especially, I think, with the talk and the hype and the expectations, and I mean, even the I mean just the confidence that came out of the athletic department and the coaching staff and the team that especially after spring ball where it's like we're back, Grizzard back, we're here, look out. We're not we might not win every game but we're gonna we're gonna fight like hell, we're gonna kick your ass. We're gonna go far in the playoffs and if it's a first round bounce, I mean that's although, you know, silver lining as we did as we just talked for the last hour, we got on the right side of the rivalry. But so that's gonna make it a little a little better. But yeah, I, I want to see.
4: I don't know, but at no. least one. So, successful. so, Bobby Houck said, and this is actually yeah, a question I'm from a listener, too. So, I mean, we're kind of jumping up ahead, but it's a topic that I think we were going to talk about anyway. Bobby Houck has said now that this is the best defense he has ever had at Montana. Mm. Which I, I will say that Bobby Houck is sometimes prone to hyperbole about the team he currently has. Because he's in the moment and, mm-hmm. and, you know, pumping him up and everything like that. But, I mean, you think of some of the teams he's had and how defense kind of carried the day on, on some of those runs to get the national championship. That's pretty high praise. What do you guys think about that?
3: He said that he, – he did say that about his special teams units too. He said this is the best kick coverage return, punt coverage punt return that he's ever had as well.
2: We've heard that from him at QB Club as well too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just his confidence. Yeah. and I mean –
0: I think he's right. I like, yeah. that he's coached as the Grizz. Well, think about the touchdowns that we have given up. A lot of them are, like, you know, fluky or set up by turnovers. Yeah. It's not like the defense has given up a lot of 80-yard drives this season. I mean, the Sack State yeah. game was, like, I the one that, anomaly. Right? When we had, well, well, in when fourth we quarter, guys, Eastern, there was, was a couple there. I yeah. Think it,
2: yeah. yeah.
3: I, think it, I think the question is still unanswered. I think it remains to be seen. Like, if they if Eastern comes and they dominate Eastern – yeah. Exactly, um, and that's why yeah. this yeah. is time it, to talk it, about
4: it, because you asked about if they lose. It, yeah. it
3: also had me, like, because they've had defenses before where they've had multiple pros on the team at one time. Like, are there any pros on this defense? I mean, there could be. There, yeah, but I mean, I mean, it, but, like, they've had teams where, like, they've like, had, I like, mean, when they had Tripp, coil, like, both those guys are. Tyron Holmes as well. Tyron, Tyron Holmes. Well, no, 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 they're, they're too far apart. apart. Wagaman, they had two defensive ends at the same time. Both right. went to the NFL. Yeah. And I just think that defense, Bierman, Anderson, they beat <clears throat> I mean,
4: there have been some good ones, so they got to prove it. But this one,
3: playoffs. I mean, they don't really. The one thing about this defense is they don't really have a weakness. Yeah, I well, think because they have those corners. Like, yeah. I think I feel like corner. Like they've had really good pass rushers and you know fronts, but they've been like weak at corner sure. on the back yeah. end. Yeah, and this defense really doesn't have a glaring
4: weakness. So that's, I think that's a good point because in a lot of the defense we had, even our really dominant ones, sometimes it felt like we outplayed our ability in certain positions because of grit and hard work. And I have never felt this season, like we were outplaying our ability. No. Like we talked from game one, like how much they upgraded the cornerbacks and how much better that made the secondary and how much better this team has gotten against the pass. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then they're, they're, you know, some of the argument again on their run stats was, well, they're sacking the QB so much. But then you go look, and they, you know, shut down MSU. It's a great running team. On the heels of shutting down NU, pretty good running back. You know, yeah.
3: they've had a really good blend yeah. of bringing in the transfers. Yeah, like there's a lot of FBS drop downs on this defense. Yeah, there is. Like, yeah. both defensive ends. Yeah, both corners. Yeah, safety. Right. Um, yeah. But they've like blended that well with like the homegrown, all the linebackers, linebackers. the guys inside on, on the D defensive line. line. Yeah. Like they, it's, it's been a really like, that's where you got to give the coaching staff a lot of credit. Cause they blended it really well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I do think having those two elite corners makes everything easier and allows you maybe just a lot of flexibility as a coach to say, like we can just cut them all loose. It makes the team stronger. If you can, Rush seven, rush six. Mm-hmm. Like they can be so creative with what they do up front. It's got to be impossibly confusing because these are still like young men. <laughs> you know, they're 18 to 24, let's say, depending on your COVID red shirt plus season. <laughs> Congressman. But even like, <laughs> even uh, NFL li- linemen sometimes can get confused with blitz packages. Yeah. The having two lockdown corners. Reliable safeties, um, lets you do whatever you want with seven guys. I think front.
3: the best quote that I've heard all season long from an opposing coach, and I can't remember which coach said it, but they said, "What Montana does defensively is very complicated to the opposing team, but very simple to them." Oh, And I think that that's Andrews. the best quote that I've heard all season long. So
4: that's also the greatest scheme you can have. Yeah, right? because
3: yeah. It, it it you don't know where it's coming from. It is very, but they. It's simple to them. It's like, oh, yeah. you three
0: are going. Uh, and they you know three, how to do it. Yeah, you three defensive linemen are going, and we're going to drop one back, right? Like, they always drop O'Connell back. Governor had, like, four picks last year. Right? But, it's hard, <laughs> but it's hard to,
3: like, time. Like, with all the blitz, like, you have to time all that up. It's got to be in sync. Mm-hmm. If it's out of sync, like, you could take advantage. It, like, it's coming from different yeah. places. So, like, to me, that was the best quote that I've heard all year. And it's very simple. And I think it explains this defense Absolutely.
0: perfectly
2: to a T, Yeah. Yeah, it really does. You think
0: Oh, you build your offense O-line first, then you move out, right? Maybe you build your FCS defense cornerback first, and then that lets you do whatever you want with your front seven. Cornerback and
4: D-tackle are probably – I mean, every position, a good defense is going to pick on weaknesses. But at this level, if you've got corners that can cover and you could trust them in man – that changes your whole defense because mm-hmm. very few teams have that, in my opinion. I don't
3: know. Governor's been playing out of his mind too. He's been so good. Oh yeah. Because Eli Alfer got hurt and they they were kind of rotating those guys fifty fifty. Governor at defensive tackle, he's one of the most underrated players on that defense because, I mean, he takes up a lot of blocks. He's been amazing. <laughs> kicked inside.
4: Any word on when your cousin Eli's coming back? Uh, you know that's I, confidential. I, confidential. But we I, don't I, talk about injuries. Will, we
2: don't talk about injuries on the Grass Fan Pod. Like yeah. Yeah. I will give you a, getting closer a
0: tweet from my aunt, not Eli's mom. I was going to
4: say, for the record, <laughs> Luke and Eli not related. <laughs> but my it looks aunt, so similar. though. <laughs> oh, God,
0: my aunt is like a, a like a music like professional. She's also a very sophisticated football fan, and she's. She texted me throughout all the games, but her final text to me yesterday was like, "I want a I want a urine specimen from the entire Grizz defense." Oh my goodness! <laughs>
4: <laughs> and like, yeah, the
0: Governor and the whole lot, man—they are playing hard.
4: Um, side note, but speaking of your family, your mother really wants to hang out with you and me and my kids next time she's in town. Oh, we can do that. Just so you know, <laughs> she, she comments a lot on my Facebook. So yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so, yeah, I mean, to just put a bow on it, I, I think you're right. I think that to put that title on this defense, they need to prove it in the playoffs and not just prove it with one win, they need to prove it with a run. Otherwise, it's been an awesome defense and you can't take that away from it. But this is Montana. And the standard of Montana is we compete for national championships, not mm-hmm. saying you got to win it every year. But I mean, yep. to be in the conversation of best ever at Montana, it has to be accompanied by a run to a title game, in my opinion.
3: Yep. Yep. And if the offense puts them in in decent situations, like they like, there was a couple times like I, I can't remember the drive where Montana started the ball inside the ten and they moved it to the fifty, and I was like, however this drive ends, that's they, a win. That's that's, you that's if yep, you could yep. do that for your defense, because they really hurt them in that Eastern game yep. Yep. with a bunch of three and outs and some so, turnovers. Yeah. So like as long as the as long as the Montana offense can just put the defense in situations to succeed, I think they'll be even like they'll be even better. And I think what we've seen from the weaknesses of this defense has been kind of the offense putting them in tough situations, like in that sack state game. Like if the Montana moves the ball more, the defense is gonna play a lot better. So that's what like I think that that's one little underlying fact that makes this defense even better is like this offense has not been all that great this year,
2: and they put them in a lot of hard situations. Right. Yep. But like the cat game showed, like like you just said here, though, like make sure they're not taking over at midfield. Yeah. Put it back on the twenty, something like that. Give them some room. Yep. Yep.
4: Um, anything on kind of the games or anything before I switch to a couple of quick topics and anything switch or over. All right. Um, Big Sky Awards are coming up. Obviously, the Grizz have a couple candidates, you know, for. A couple of the players of the year awards. Probably not offense. Um, But defense, I mean, Ford and uh, O'Connell have cases. Yeah. And they both have stat lines in special areas that are crazy. So first of all, if somehow both of those guys aren't first team all big sky, I hate this conference even more. (laughs) But you feel it coming.
2: I think Ford – well, yeah. I mean, how... we joked about this. He should be first team. I have a feeling he's going to be like second team or some crap like that, just because like I mean, oh, we eight can't interceptions, have that many. two touchdowns. And he's a lock for first. He's goddamn well. He's got to be. He's but, a like, lock. And then Tyrone is a lock. Tyrone Tyron Holmes was a lock the... for defensive player of the year, and they gave it to some guy at Southern Utah because like his career was better. And than And then Tyrone Tyron Holmes the won the buck. And then he won the buck. Yeah. yeah, and that happened again. Uh, who that happened to uh, a few years later? But he was There's still the first team at least. Brock Coyle was second team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, both Ford and Pat O'Connell should be Because O'Connell's stat line is what? I think O'Connell will be the big sky defense player of the year. He has 25 tackles for a loss. And like 13 or something like that, sacks. So Patrick O'Connell, 91 tackles, 13 sacks, leads the conference in that, 25 tackles for a loss. Of course, that also includes your sacks. That is a league best as well. Three forced fumbles as well. And I think two recoveries.
0: I don't want to put you guys on the spot here, but who do you pick first in the draft? Between the draft, a defensive, <laughs> you know, like who's the best, who's the better player at their position, McConnell or Ford? Ugh.
4: Are we talking about a draft in the NFL or a draft to build an FCS team?
0: Let's pretend you only have to pick defensive players.
4: But, I mean, it matters. Is this so an you're, NFL draft or you're an building, FCS you're, team? Draft?
2: Like, so you're building your Montana defense. Because
4: if it's an F- FCS team draft.
2: Let's start with Ford.
4: You start with Ford because I think quarter cornerback is much harder to
2: have elite guys
3: get yeah.
4: at, at the FCS level. If it's which one do I think maybe translates potentially better to a pro job, I think it's O'Connell. Yeah. Because I think linebacker at FCS is is a position that has shown. Who's better at their position? <laughs> I think they're both pretty equal, okay. <laughs> to be honest. Can they give them co-defensive player of the year? Do they do that? They, do? they have. So how do they, they pick it? Coulter has kind of explained this to us before. But at one point, it was like all the coaches on a conference call just making pitches. So that's where I worry that Ugh. it's like the Montana guys are kind of at a disadvantage.
3: Because it'll be it'll, it's going to be O'Connell. <laughs> it's gonna, they always it's lean to like the sacks numbers, stat.
4: big yeah.
2: numbers, like bulky numbers.
3: Well, like yeah. I mean, but Ford would also be
4: newcomer of the year.
3: Ford wasn't. Yeah, Ford wasn't. Also, he wasn't even added to the Buck list.
4: Yeah. Which, is dumb. which is crazy, you know what
3: I mean? Which, I, which I was like, how many interceptions does he have to have to be added? You <laughs> know thousand. what I mean? Yeah. So like, he if he was not even added and O'Connell was added, uh, I, I think O'Connell will end up getting getting the award for do Big think, Side Defense Player. Do you
0: think they're actively discounting some of those like weird picks Ford had?
4: Where he were had so a couple fun. where like he was just there. Yeah. yeah. The thing I think but he's got going still. for him is that most of the coaches and the people voting on this stuff. Ha- the, They haven't watched every one of those picks, necessarily. You know, unless they're the kind of the recent guys that have played them that watched the full season worth of film, they've just seen the stats. Right.
3: Idaho State, like all these teams that haven't played Montana, like those coaches are voting, and it's like they don't know know, anything. It's a huge problem. They they don't know any of them.
2: And that's when they just look at the stat sheet. Yeah. 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 I would assume. I
4: hate the big sky. When do those come out? (laughs)
2: Um, Pretty soon. It's, it's usually right, it has it has to, they have to right before the too. playoffs.
3: Yeah. yeah. I haven't even thought about that. Because we've been so like in
0: The Buck, you can and... No, Buck will the end. Buck later. will be, the buck will be before but, the
2: national are title. Are they voting right now? Yes,
4: because it's not yeah. based on the playoffs. The they, votes are in. I think their probably. votes are in before the playoffs start, if I remember. Do you have a vote in the FCS stats talk? That's crazy. That's a whole other conversation, because <sighs> I feel like... Yeah, Coulter
3: was like, I need to get you a vote. And I was like, okay, do it. And... Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I heard that they Please. dropped it to like
4: 25 voters or something like really? that which is like there ain't no way that those people have a good grasp and that's how you end up with a team like Davis being ranked because nobody's paying any attention to them but then people pay attention to Montana and I swear to God that some of these voters because some of them post on Facebook yeah, it's like it's their fun game to figure out how to rank Montana lower you know, it's like, oh, well, that win doesn't count, even though. Right. Yeah.
2: Washington's bad now. Yeah. So that's that's as good so as that a regular
4: episode. It was only win. a week
3: ago where I saw, like, Montana ran the 14, 15 range. Yeah, for <laughs> Sam Herder. Yeah.
4: yeah, Sam Herder. Montana yeah. was 14.
3: Craig Haley, too, I think, was down yeah. there in the
4: teens. <laughs> Ugh. I'm glad Sam came. I am, too. It was the first game he'd seen.
3: And then he tweeted out his Montana back, question mark. Mm-hmm. Did he really? mm mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> With a question mark.
4: I didn't even see that. Hashtag back. I just think that ah. it's him, him having been here and seen them win and seen the environment.
5: It changes.
3: It changes yeah.
4: your outlook on things. It's like it's it's harder for you to just be like, "Oh, this is a novelty." You dismiss it, you know.
3: Well, even our boson reporter, this, this was her first game here, and she's like, "Yeah, this is just this is different."
0: Oh, it's cool to hear. Yeah,
3: I mean, it just is. I, I talked to a lot of you know a lot of people that have been to both, and they're like, "Yeah, it's it's just not close."
2: Montana's just different. Yeah, it's we've all different. been to both. The
4: only time I thought Bozeman had a good atmosphere at all was last last game in Bozeman. But part of it was because, again, they were kicking the Grizz ass. So it was like everyone was just pumped <laughs> <laughs> and participating yes. heavily. All right. So, yeah, we'll see how those awards go. Um, uh,
2: Junior Bergen, maybe a chance for freshman of the year. I, but I just don't know enough. About the rest of the conference, I'll bet there's probably some freshman. There's got to be some other.
0: Yeah. At NAU. That's got Justin like Ford will get newcomer, though. He uh, I, I bet he could get oh that. God, better. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't the NAU running back a freshman? I think he'll get <sighs> freshman of the year. Yeah.
2: And, again, that's like you'll fall in love with the stats, but, like, you can make the argument that Junior Bergen's importance to Montana's success in the regular season. Like, NAU finished what? Five and six.
4: <laughs> I don't know what they would have done without him.
2: And it's like, yeah. Because I was like, I, I was talking about this um, with the girls' coach recently. I was like, is like, uh, does, and I'm not knocking the player, but does Isaiah Childs catch that deep route on the second play of the game? Does well, no, know, does yeah, is Colter doing... Giancaro, does Marcus Knight? I mean, it's just like maybe Marcus does, but um, it's just like the importance that. junior brought, and especially that versatility late in the season. And he also to... didn't have that role, though, early in the year.
4: Yep. No, he didn't. He's so, sure
3: like, him. the stats aren't going to be, like, so he's oh. not going to be. No, no, no. But no.
4: now he's got three years of being able to play the slot and line up at the backfield and motion out of it. I think he's going to, yeah. Off. I would yeah.
3: imagine he's mostly slot moving yeah. forward. I would
4: imagine, but yeah. he's got they've got the ability to. But you can to... use,
3: you can use exactly. him now. Yeah. You know, it's like, You know, he can do it.
4: You know, he can do it. So, it's like when he lines up back there in the running back, they have to at least.
3: Play and just wait till he gets a college offseason to, like, yeah. hit the weight room and, like, put on 10 pounds. Yeah. They should
4: permanently
0: list him as fourth string running back for the rest of his career.
3: He could just be in the and, like in the, and, when they do the depth chart or, or, and, or. Yeah, and or just you just leave him ready. there did, always Did any didn't
4: of you know? catch that when uh they were doing the starting lineups uh that uh, Peter Christian announced Chris Brown as a starting quarterback <laughs> no. no So apparently somebody didn't update that graphic ah.
0: I was really hoping they were going to get him in to score
4: like Well they some, tried they, they threw they called stabs. a wheel
2: route to Grossman it's just the it just, cover yeah. pushed him out of bounds so and yeah And the throw uh. was kind of <laughs> too
4: yeah yeah um last topic on the game and then let's move on but we're gonna talk about humphrey a little bit because we really have talked about the offense very little compared to the defense they need to learn how to finish we talked about that humphrey had some frustrating moments but he had some throws in this game that i've never seen him make before Mm -hmm. like two in particular that stand out to me and there are lots But one was like a third down where he was getting sacked, and he rolled out, and he frickin' hit Bergen on this perfect throw where only Bergen could catch it as he's like feet are touching the ground. He's going out of bounds. Picks up the first down and keeps the drive going. And then the big one was before half when I thought we had a really stupid play call to run it up the middle with less than a minute to go. What? And I don't understand why they would do that in that situation. And then he got sacked on the next play, and it was like, oh, my God. So they had to take a timeout. And he hit Simpson and and got, like, 16 yards back, got them in a field goal range. Yeah, yeah. And that was a huge play.
3: Yeah. He was decisive. Yeah. I thought he was decisive. And he also, like, he did a good job. Like, he, he climbed the pocket a couple times. Yeah. It was stuff that you really noticed when you were watching, like, McKay on the other side. Yeah. You're like, wow. He, like, held on He's to it. Exactly he, right. He climbed the pocket. He, he like, moved around and yeah. found a guy. And you're just, like, watching, like, wait, the other guy's not even yep. close to doing that. And, yeah, he made some throws, especially on third down. He made two, like, really crucial, like, third long throws. But to me, it was just – he was decisive. Yeah. He got he, – he did his drop back, and he knew where he was going. The ball was being delivered. He wasn't hesitating. There's was a lot of like hesitation, like in that Eastern game in particular, I remember mm-hmm. just like holding it and like patting the ball. Pat pat pat. pat, Like he was getting rid of the ball. He was decide- and he was accurate. He had a, like a really nice, like deep shoulder, um, back shoulder to Mitch uh, Roberts on the sideline. Yeah, Roberts was clutch. Yeah. yeah. And like but he was like he was accurate with it. And I mean he's pretty hobbled. Like his knees bugging him. <laughs> yeah. Um like it seems like every time he gets hit, you know, you're like, uh, Oh god, is he oh, gonna get, get, up, up? Get, up, get, get up? Please get up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean it was a gutsy performance. Um Obviously, like he had a couple of mistakes with the the picks, but overall, like yeah, he he was that I was one was of his better games,
0: best he's looked. And and I agree. He's still not an all league quarterback at his peak, but he is good <laughs> enough. Did you guys hear the announce?
3: They announced that he was like ten and zero. Yeah, well, and I was saying, like, like, he, he started the Eastern here? Washington. Game. Yeah, I was like, did they not count that because yeah. he like didn't finish? it? <laughs> I, I didn't like, even think point. about yeah, that. Yeah, they said ten and zero as a starter. I was like
0: it's not it really accurate not right there Start yeah. to finish but them. still but still he he just one like, loss though he was a trans Nine i was, a was trying to think <laughs> he's a junior college transfer he's a junior college transfer from Boise JUCO here and then he played then three they...
3: he started three games last two, 2019
0: that they all won okay so i was in my mind i was, I was reverse <laughs> engineering <laughs> to on this yeah reverse engineering the explanation i thought they too. said he was a transfer quarterback and then it was like you can't tell what the punctuation was is it like Comma, and ten and zero, or is it like like ten and zero? Did he transfer here undefeated? Yeah, no, they 0? said, it, and then and uh. ten and zero as a as, as a
3: starter. I yeah. was finish. like,
0: yeah, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not true. That's yeah, true. yeah.
3: <laughs> they might, they they were just like not counting Eastern because he like didn't finish it because yeah. he didn't play one play or whatever it was. <laughs> Either way though, he's only lost one game. I mean, yeah, yeah. as a starter, and, and I will when say, you think about
4: it. it you know, it's credit where credit's due because I think that the one thing that's been obvious since he came back, and we talked about it from the second he got back in there. Yeah. He, he does some things that frustrate you, and a couple of the interceptions, it's like, ah, and that's the same thing that happened in the Eastern game. It's yep. like, we can't have that. But he also then does some stuff where it's like he's got some intangibles that are underappreciated by guys who, like me, who just want more offense. Sure. And the reality is that, you know, he does some things really well, and more credit to him and for and tough and hanging on there and and we're going to go as far as he can take us obviously the defense is going to be our bread and butter but the offense has to do something and the offense is at its best if cam is functioning
0: if he looks like he did on saturday throughout the playoffs we have a shot at the national because i do
4: think that they are going to put together finishing drives like it's gonna happen
3: I think there are other I'm things. I'm trying to will it into the universe. I think there are other things that hold the Montana defense, uh, offense back more than Cam Humphrey. I agree. I mean, if that's how I would put it. I think yeah. there's other things. Like I think he gets a lot of the blame, but I think there are other things that hold him back. Yeah, quarterbacks more than usually him.
2: get most of the blame. Yeah. right.
4: And yeah. I think I mean I think one of those things is obviously you know our top two running backs are hurt. Yeah. Yep. Poor Osmo. You know, comes back again, one more carry. Uh, that poor guy. Poor guy. Um. You know, night out. And I also I think our play call has just been weird. But we've gone into yeah, that the so run scheme, the wide run.
3: receivers like they're for what for how good they are. They don't have one guy that can create a ton of separation. That was game. Yeah, yeah like Probably. Sammy is a great wide receiver, but he's more of a big body guy that's not gonna like leave his guy in the dust. You know, he's gonna use his frame. Mitch is a good route runner, but he doesn't have like the explosive speed. You don't have Gabe Solcer because of injury. Like they don't have a guy that can just get wide open. Yeah. They don't, yeah. have the, they don't have the top end receiver. So like they could break the top off.
4: Like there, there are other little things. You know what's interesting is in the um in the uh, Western Illinois game, the second game of the season, Flowers had those two big ones, and we've never seen it again. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm gonna we we'll talk about that a little later.
4: All right. Oh, all right. Okay, <laughs> here we go. All right. Um
2: Do you have the uh, team awards up? They announced the team awards today, Mike. I've got him in front of me here. No, if you've
4: got him, go for it. Yeah.
2: I mean, just, uh, you know, just closing this out. So, Cam Humphrey was named for the Pat Norwood Award, which is uh, considered to be both Cam and Gavin Robertson, which is considered to be like the most inspirational player. And they say oftentimes has to overcome injury. And so and both those Cam days, and Gavin missed a good chunk injury of injury. or illness. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And Gavin being back has made a difference in our defense this month. Oh boy! In a he's so big much skinnier, way. it's crazy. I think he's <laughs> I think he's the biggest guy that we got to replace this year. But that's another. I mean,
2: we got Nash and Garrett, and they're not Gavin this year. But I mean, they can grow into the job. One yeah. of the two of them, I would say. That's an but, interesting
4: yeah. statement, though. But I mean, mm-hmm. he, he he makes a difference out there. Yeah. Even even though I don't think he's tremendous against the pass, he makes a difference
3: out there. Well, I think Babros is kind of underrated.
4: Yeah, that's fair. This is
3: a remember remember job. when Babros he was out he was out in the Eastern game. Yeah. Yep. He's, Yep.
2: So Joe Babros, winner of the new Sims Miller Award. Segue right there. There you go. Boom. <laughs> uh, it's like they planned it, but they didn't. Both uh, both DNs, Babros and Belnap. What's the Sims Miller? It is. Uh, it's, it's, it's a new one uh, in in honor of both Jesse Sims and then uh, Larry Miller, who was a late '60s, early '70s D lineman. And so it's it's an award just given to D lineman. So both our DNs got it. Uh, both, but both. Both of them were tremendous impacts in the game so or the season so far. So yeah, um, Golden Helmet, Doug Betters, that's the hard hitter. What's your guess?
0: That's well, coming. There's Robbie two. Hawk, right? It's it's got to be geez, Robbie Liz. and <laughs>
2: Robbie and
0: Jeez, Pat
2: Pat O'Connell. All right,
0: O'Connell. all right, take it.
2: Uh, the Paul Westcamp Award for um, outstanding O lineman, back to back, Conal Beaver. Beaver.
0: I thought he played wonderful this weekend. <laughs> I it's My just...
4: outstanding alignment is um, McGinnis or whatever his name is.
2: McGinnis.
0: I think,
4: yeah. And I hope his brother comes here. <laughs> I, 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 I thought Conlon held his own I on that edge I this I entire weekend. Yeah, I that agree. edge
2: he had was, we, we talked about this before we started recording, that guy was doing the goofiest stuff. Like I could not figure out, he'd like stop and run jump back and spin around and do a bunch of weird stuff. But Colin held his own through the game. But, yeah. So, uh, uh, okay. So, Tony Barber Award uh, for the Grizz player who best exemplifies outstanding practice habits and unselfish contribution to the betterment of the team, Jace Lewis. Terry Dillon for outstanding backer receiver went to our starting two receivers, Mitch and Sammy. Special teams players went to Trevin Gradney. Malik Flowers, and our boy O.D. Good to see O.D. getting those awards. They really love Gradney on special teams, don't they?
4: You know, they do. But where's Bushimi in this? He's
2: he's not. not. (laughs) Because
4: with the offense this year not really producing at high levels, he was a difference maker.
2: Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. All right, and then scout team players of the year. uh, Defense, Alex Hurlburt. Offense, Daniel Britt. Quarterback. So there you go it's interesting those um, are those are
3: the always the most the wards that i'm that pique my interest the most like scout team the scout team yeah.
4: yeah when it's a quarterback, I'm less impressed by it because I think it's easy to win it at that position. That being said, everything I've seen with Kenny Britton practice I like. So he's the next guy I'm excited about for Britt. Did you say <laughs> who? Is Kenny? Daniel, you meant Daniel Britt. Daniel sorry, Britt. Kenny Britt is the re- old receiver for the Titans. <laughs> Kenny Britt's a Grizz. Kenny huh? Britt is a Grizz. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Britt, sorry. <laughs> nice. All right, that's team awards. All right. Um, does anybody think – who Who do you think is going to win Eastern? No, I no, don't no, no. We've talked about the game, but we really I think didn't. Eastern's going to win. I think Eastern's going to Eastern. win. Eastern. Sean thinks Eastern's going to win. Same. Okay. And I hope they win big. And then Davis and S- South Dakota State. Does anybody think Davis is going to win that game? <laughs> nope. No. No. Nope. All right. So we're in unison on those. <laughs> yeah, those are no. our only picks this week. <laughs> <laughs> Got the big sky picks out of the way. Um, I think we're ready for... Uh, well, hold on. We usually go to uh, listener questions now. Okay. But I think you have... Uh, something you want to do with us the the thanksgiving stuff yeah so why don't we do that
1: yeah Yeah.
3: so we got so we got thanksgiving coming so i thought it'd be kind of fun to we pick out like a thanksgiving food or something along with thanksgiving and then we say what the food is and either leave it there or give like a description and then we have to guess how that is compared to a grizz player (laughs) which can this could get a little wild so, should, should I start um, with the example that I gave you guys? Yeah, so
4: start with like that. Yeah, I said in the thread, I was like, Luke is going to be really good at this. Because yeah. this sounded like it sounds really wi- weird. <laughs>
2: Sean texted me this earlier this yeah. week, and I was like, I can't think of anything. So, thankfully, Luke is here tonight. So Okay, so what? This you've makes, got these this great is ideas, man. Well. So no, I know. Fun. Yeah. This is, this is, this <laughs> okay, is your are So,
3: pecan pie. Mm. Okay, so let everybody kind of think for a second. All right, here's my description of pecan pie because I really like pecan pie. Mm. Oh yeah. I'm describing it as something that you don't have very often. But when you take a bite, when you get to experience it, you kind of ask yourself like, why don't I have more of this? This is <laughs> this is really good. But for whatever reason, you just don't get
0: it very often. Wait, you're describing pecan pie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <All right>. yeah. <laughs> okay.
5: So, (laughs) this
3: has got off to a great start. (laughs) So,
4: who could that be? I mean, I think I know, so I don't want to. Yeah, Yeah. what do you think? I mean, it's Flowers, right? Yeah, Yeah.
3: Malik Flowers on offense. So, like we kind of talked about it with the Western Illinois thing, like. We, we, got a little, we don't have it very often. We got a little bite. We like that bite. We like that bite. And we're asking, like, how come we don't have more of that? It's so
0: damn sweet. Yeah, give nope. me some more of that. It's All delicious. Right. I'll take it. Yeah. Right. Oh, I like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is good. <laughs> Who in your Thanksgiving dinner is, like, The, the, the what, what's the piece of your Thanksgiving dinner that binds the whole plate together? The gravy. The gravy? Okay. Mm. Who's the gravy on the Grizz? See, I
3: have Gravy's one of mine too.
4: Interesting.
2: Who's the that binds them together?
4: Who's the gravy? Yeah, like like the whole team. That's or that's, the, that's the
3: that's the that's the definition the gra- you're giving us. Mm-hmm. That binds them together. That
0: binds them together. I think and we're going player,
2: player, right? So player.
0: Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say Camera Jace. Sean? Yeah, I'd probably
2: go. I'd probably go Jace. Yeah, I mean, Sean probably knows about on a better level than us jace seems like a answer <laughs> i think it i think it
0: has to be jace it's the defense is the better of the two halves Montana of kid. our of our yeah. team and he's the heart and soul of the defense it's chase is the gravy although i am like okay. i feel like sometimes the gravy just needs to be an offensive lineman right because i feel like that's a staple in the offensive lineman's diet like mm-hmm. but <laughs> there's a lot of different ways you could
4: I was going to say because you could also take the gravy and say this is somebody dynamic who brings stuff to the offense or the defense but doesn't necessarily have to be called upon to win, which like flowers could be that too.
5: Mm-hmm. It's, all, it's
3: all in the, kind of the description because I, I, I have gravy as well in yeah. mine. Well, yeah. Do you want me to go now yeah, then, go since it. I have gravy? All okay, right. so here's my description of gravy. Gravy is just flat out good and you can cover everything with it, no. and it always works out.
2: Oh, that's oh. Junior, that's Junior Bergen. No, it's no. Justin Ford. Justin no. Ford. Because no. you can cover, cover anything with just, gravy, I was, I was and it works out. Oh, I was just thinking well,
3: versatility. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, yep, yep. Yeah, you, like, you just would you cover it with a, everything. You put a mess of gravy <laughs> on that plate, and oh, no, it's it's touching the beans. You're like, yeah. I don't care. I, I don't care. I like it. You it covered up some of the potatoes. You're like, that's right, baby. That's where it goes. You're like, oh, it hit. Yeah the turkey
2: then on the pumpkin pie like, yeah here I'm here gonna that, we're roll good. that turkey
4: in it. gravy okay. covers everything that's a good and it's, one. And it's good I right. like it I'm, 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 I'll go next okay so oh, we're, we're doing okay in the early years of this <laughs> pod
2: I didn't come prepared for this um,
4: we <laughs> had uh, some conversation oh, that led to god. Thanksgiving stuff and we ended up having a stuffing tasting contest you remember yeah, this and god some, it was terrible somebody <laughs> made us stuffing um, it's bad
0: I ate a stranger's stuffing
4: yeah um i thought it was good but you like stuffing (laughs) Um, so anyway stuffing to me is a staple of thanksgiving yeah it is no matter what with all the rotating side dishes of thanksgiving that families have stuffing or dressing whatever you want to say is always there if it's done right it's delicious if it's done wrong you smother it in gravy (laughs) <laughs> but it's cover air air it yeah. it's, it's dependable yeah. it's gonna fill you up who is it
0: well see I was gonna if dependable. I was describing stuffing I would also say a little overrated but <laughs>
5: <laughs> wow
0: well, that's not what I'm going with mine yeah. so okay, with your
4: okay.
2: wow you suck. okay
3: so dependable What were some other adjectives?
4: Yeah,
2: I'm like hanging on dependable. I mean, I think to me,
4: dependable is the biggest one. Reliable, dependable, um, dependable. always there for you. Whether you choose to eat it or not, they're always there for you. And when you come back to them, they're going to be there for you.
2: Oh, 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 starts Mm -hmm. with an O, apostrophe D. No, I thought you were going to say O'Connell. No, I mean, and he literally stuffs Mitch plays. Oh, but
4: that's a good one. Yeah, I like that.
2: Mitch Roberts. No.
4: Mitch Roberts. Mitch, oh, yeah. Nice. Mitch kind of Roberts. Good guess. Yeah. yeah. He's there. I like that. You know, sometimes he's the star of the show, sometimes he's not. He's picking up the third down catches. But
3: he's always, re- you always know what you're going to do. You get. always know what you're going to get. That's yeah. point. Mitch Roberts. There
4: you go. He's the stuffing. See, I am Man. nailing this segment. It's <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> I have and so I like much Mitch Ro- for I love it. I like segments. Mitch
2: Roberts, and I hate stuffing. It right? sounds like you. a personal problem. <laughs>
0: Mitch works. Mitch works for this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, did I have to come up with one? I did not put thought to one. Do you have others? What are I, what I, are I, your... got, I have one more, but I can what, save it. What's for us it. Let's let's do You want words, me to
3: go for it? We're I can to make think Bryn come up with one. I can't even think. Okay, you ready? This the third one. I had to think for a little bit. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. Store bought dinner rolls. <laughs> okay. Now listen. Now let me explain it, though. I know. Okay. I guess... All right. So you get invited to your family's house for for thanksgiving right somewhere else you forget that you had to make the rolls so at the last second you decide to go to the store and get some and although it wasn't the original plan it turns out that it was really good and you wouldn't be able to finish the meal you wouldn't be where you were without it
2: i got this one it's junior yeah yeah okay Yeah. yeah
0: last second last second
3: it wasn't part of the original plan but it was needed to kind of finish complete the entire meal. All right. Ooh,
0: that's a good one cuz I could see initially I was going to get tripped up with a transfer. Like, oh, we got mm-hmm. like a late mm-hmm. transfer. Like a yeah, like a Bell or a McGinnis mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. yeah. But Junior's with that late. And junior up, yeah.
2: makes and it, it kind of
3: completes it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like without it, if you didn't have the dinner rolls, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the same. Not without it. Junior Bergen, it the season would not be the same.
0: Brent, what do you got
2: man I was trying to think of something where it was like like a dish like you know like a like a green bean casserole or something like that where it's like it's like a love hate right you know or it's something where but I don't want to like dog on a player and be like yeah I hate that guy or something, who's the pumpkin
0: pie who's the, the pumpkin team?
2: pie so the mm-hmm. pumpkin pie but that's the same thing it's like so a particular taste right maybe that's a better way to say it than like a love and hate so uh, like some sort of casserole or a pumpkin pie or something where it's like there are people that that is, you love it. It is like the staple. It is the one thing you look forward to the most as part of the meal. And other people, it's fine, but it's not really
0: their thing.
4: But I mean, outside of turkey, it's the single most, like, commonly named. Yeah. Dish I get excited
0: for pumpkin pie. All right. The pumpkin pie comes out, like my, I think I'm full, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not full. I could, I could slip a slice. Yeah. It's Sammy Akim from uh, that yeah. was gonna be
3: my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, like I yeah.
0: always get excited for some Sammy Akim. Yeah. Like
4: man, I like it. I would I, love to to gorge on pumpkin pie this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully Sammy has a Samori performance. Yeah. Some, <laughs> sometimes you throw
3: up that fade and it and it and it works, and you enjoy that pumpkin pie. Sometimes it ends up in a pick, yeah. <laughs> and, you up, and, and, you, and you don't like the pumpkin pie. Yeah. Oh, some people man. don't, so. but, but sometimes, but most of the time, it's exciting, and you mm. get that touchdown. But then, who's the turkey? The
0: centerpiece that's mm. Bobby Hout. That's the coach, mm. right? He's the he's the yeah, he's the leader of it all, he's and the...
3: and he and he puts you to sleep with his boring press conferences. <laughs> no, no, he's, I'm just kidding. Culture told us that vegans
2: press conferences are way longer, and yeah, they, or, yeah. <laughs> all coaches are way. Yeah, longer that's than true. Right? Yeah,
3: he's <laughs> great in the Grizzly Sports Report. Like when we do, that. yeah, oh no, but yeah. like in like the the streamed press conferences, yeah,
0: right. he's not gonna it's not going to give up. Bobby's either.
2: turkey yeah. puts you to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> man,
0: got so like I'm thinking of like. <laughs> Under like Joe Babros, right? Like, what's the most underrated feature of a, mm. of a Thanksgiving meal? Babros is amazing. You know, Wellnell got a lot of attention with the pick in you yeah. know Walgris. I mean,
3: he made, he might have made the two biggest plays of the year: the wow. pick against Washington and the blocked field goal against Southern Utah.
0: But he's like oh, the yeah. fourth, yeah, yeah. maybe the fifth person we talk about. We always talk about O'Connell and Ford and Jace Lewis, and then maybe mm-hmm. Robbie Houck. And you got your Wellnells and Babroses that are amazing players that don't get talked about. So
2: So Wellnell's like the funky side plate that like isn't a normal tradition, but it like it shows up. It's like bourbon soaked brown sugar carrots with
0: like bacon in it.
2: And it's mm. like Oh, we don't have this every year, but holy shit, this is amazing.
4: <laughs> we should. Yeah.
0: That sounds amazing. Can, yeah, yeah. yeah, what, yeah. My wife sent me that yeah, recipe. Yeah. Made that the other night. Yeah.
4: So. My oh, God. could you send my sister that <laughs> What'd recipe? What'd you say? The bourbon
2: soaked. It's like bourbon soaked brown sugar, and I think it's got bacon in it too, and it's carrots. It's like, God, get carrots.
4: the bourbon soaked bacon carrots on scholarship. My God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know that I buy Bobby as the turkey, but I don't have a better idea. Who's just...
0: the, who'd be the turkey?
4: The fan base? We listen, Grizz
0: Oh, it's
2: the fans. It's all of us, you guys.
0: It's all yeah. of us. <laughs> Do we have a?
2: I think in a typical year, like in, like two years ago, you would have said like it's Dalton Sneed, right? Because it's like the emotional leader and the you know like, and it's not to not Cam because I think it seems like and Sean, you might know this better, like being on the sidelines, but like the offense and the fans and people seem to like rally more to Cam as the senior quarterback and and things like that. So generally, you look at the quarterback as like kind of the face of the team and the the leader on the field, and so maybe it feels a little lacking because we. Well, just this had is a, Ga- this Cam was is, out for a few games, a, and yeah, the identity is on this team is defense. It is, yeah. and that
3: there's nothing wrong with that. So is it Robbie? Uh, I,
4: don't know.
5: Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I think,
4: the, I, think the li- I think the linebackers are kind of like the face of the say, defense. Like, I feel like the yeah. linebackers are that, the, that, the, that that group as a group. Yeah. So then, who are the mashed potatoes? Od. OD is not the mashed potato. Money Macias. You guys' <laughs> love for OD is just getting a little out
2: there. All right. When we're done with Thanksgiving topic, I got we have an important question. Oh, actually It was a fan question. So never mind, we'll okay. get to it in a minute. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't OD I, made me think. I, I just
0: came up with those 3. I couldn't
2: Those are great. Those are great. That was great.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's we got awesome. to figure out mashed potatoes and we can move on. But who had mashed potatoes?
0: <sighs> Your turn to pick, Mike. You shit all over mine. <laughs> <laughs> But
2: so mashed potatoes can come in many ways, right? They could be handmade or they can come in a packet. They can be instant. I think they better be handmade. They could be lumpy. They could be smooth.
0: On Thanksgiving. cheesy.
2: Cheesy.
3: But they're always good. Mashed potatoes are delicious.
0: Yeah, I'll even have those packet mashed potatoes. They're pretty <laughs> yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And fruit. laughs> Just add the water.
4: <laughs> I have no idea. I don't
3: know. I would <laughs> say like the linebackers in general. Yeah, like, they we're going like, back to them. And they mash, anymore. you know, they're out there.
0: Oh, they do mashing mash. Mashing people, you know. Governor. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Linebackers. I like okay. it. All right. Okay. I like it. We we did spend 10 minutes on this was, Thanksgiving. This <laughs> was great. <laughs> Actually, 15 I'm, minutes. I'm yeah. hungry, and I'm going to send
4: my wife this whole list of side dishes. <laughs> yeah. So, it's all good. Do you want to jump into them, Brent? Uh, yeah, you got Twitter up or
2: do you – what do you have up?
4: I have Twitter up.
2: I don't think we have much on eGriz. I guess we'll – let's uh,
4: – so, throw Going on Sunday confused some of these people.
2: Yeah, it screwed some people up, but actually it's probably for the best. All so. right.
4: Bozeman Grizz, who I'm slowly welcoming back into our fold, um, says, how amazing was it when you unplayed the video of Champ falling on a pile of snow on Grizz Vision and then played Moni Moni? classless bastards at MSU played every home game, whether they're playing the Grizz or not. <laughs> I mean, we already kind of loved touched it. on this, but I loved it. And <laughs> I love the UM throwing some shade at MSU. It's long overdue. They take themselves too seriously down there. They do.
2: They do. I love that. That was so great. I was just thinking, I was like,
3: wow, who like came across this? And then it was like, you know what? This is going to be a good idea. If we're up big in the fourth, we're going to play this. <laughs> like that's that's the one that went through my mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. man
4: yep um our 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 uh, good t- good fan and future podcast Chad Dundas says he tried to ask this last week but now that the regular season's over how would you guys rank this grizzly defense among the all-time great groups we've seen over the years he says he's not sure they're the best but they have to be right up there maybe the most fun to watch we've already kind of touched on this but the last part of his question is why I, I bring it up I think they're the most fun to watch because of all the pressure they bring and you yeah. don't know where it's coming from.
5: Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I did a quick check back and it was, uh, I pulled up the Oh six defense. Um, that was your Lex Hilliard Torres Achilles. Mm-hmm. And so we had to rely on defense. That Oh six defense allowed 260 yards total per game. Hmm. Uh, wow. This defense is about 295 or so, but this defense is 13 points a game where that one was about 16 and a half. And so, but that was a Craig Paulson defense. So it was a 4 3. Run the you same play, I'll run over. Also, like, you know, offenses have kind of evolved. Big time. Since then. Yeah. And the
3: big skies become more of an offensive league. Oh, man. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, this one, I mean, in terms
2: of just excitement.
3: Yeah. I think definitely this is the I, most fun. I think, yeah. I think, like we said earlier, yet to be seen. Like, if they want to be the best, they'll go out and prove it in the playoffs for yeah, Absolutely.
4: Course. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Somebody just – Michael Perrick just kind of responded to that. Said Top 10 scoring defense, rushing defense, pass efficiency defense, turnovers forced, interceptions, defensive TDs, sacks, tackles for loss. Not top 10 in total defense, but third in yards per play. Wow. I mean, that's a pretty damn good uh, resume. (laughs) Our uh, buddy Johnny Metropolis says, did we see different routes yesterday that had not been run before this year, or were Grizz wide receivers simply getting better separation, better route running? It appeared that we had a few more open receivers downfield, 10-plus yards than we have has seen all year. You know what's interesting is, is Bobby in QB club kind of hinted that he thought that they could get some yards against the cornerbacks. But I still have to think that the MSU cornerbacks are better than most of the cornerbacks mm-hmm. they've faced all year. So maybe – Maybe they were doing things a little bit different. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that.
2: Well, I mean, we talked about it a bit, too. Like, the amount of motion that they used um, in that game. I mean, they'd they'd used it a little bit, but especially when Cam was out, Chris Brown, they didn't do a lot of motion with receivers. And I think they saw something and knew something there that they could do that to kind of get this cat defense on their heels and – it didn't seem like – I don't know. Yeah. It didn't seem like there was anything revolutionary new, but just a lot more movement pre-snap to me. Bergen, um, I mean, that route was something we haven't seen. Yep. Right. Yep.
3: Um, I think just the the growth and evolution of using Grossman, especially in the middle of the field, because I, I thought yeah. the middle of the field was being grossly underutilized mm. in that middle stretch of the season. And they've been using the, the middle of the field a lot more. they got Ryan Simpson over the middle. Right. Mitch got a catch over the middle. Um, I think just in general, just using the middle of the field has been a big difference for this offense. And uh, so I don't, I don't know if – I don't think it's really necessarily like new routes or different routes. I think it's just understanding where to go with the football yeah. When yeah, you can.
0: I think that's a good point. I actually thought that too. I thought Cam looked better and more sure of where to go with the ball. Mm-hmm. In fact, on the junior Bergen play – there were multiple people open and he had the I don't know, the nuts. He was prepared <laughs> yeah. to throw the ball downfield when he could have picked Sammy Akem who was coming on a cross under the middle.
3: Right. Well that's something that yeah, I mean they had that dialed up early in the week. Yeah. Like that's something that they saw in film that they knew they were gonna do first possession of the game. Yeah. Like that was like
0: just and and it worked. <laughs> like it worked. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just kinda thought Cam played played better. I think I think he's still getting better. I think it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's gelling. It's only got
4: twelve starts. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think he's it's gelling at the right time.
4: Good question. Uh, Silvertip asked us about the sixth seed Montana getting the uh, you know Eastern Northern Iowa, and then the seventh seed ETSU gets the winner between non-scholarship Davidson and Kennesaw State. So we already talked about this. It's BS, but it is what it is. I just wanted to acknowledge the question. Um, Curtis Wall says what sort of dirt does you and I have on the playoff committee to get in the playoffs <laughs> at 6 and 5. It's the second time they've gotten in at 6 and 5, isn't it?
2: In a row, I think. I think they got in. Yeah.
4: I don't even know.
2: <laughs> uh in a row meaning 2019 season. I can't remember what they did in the spring.
4: Our, our buddy Joel Chipman um up in Billings says the D's been so good what's fun to think about is how many of them return next year. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> um I mean yeah, they've got some guys to replace but they have a lot of talent on defense coming mm-hmm. back, and you think about how young some of these guys are, like McGoran, and I mean the linebacking crew. They're in good shape. They're in really good shape. I mean, even we've got depth at cornerback. So yeah. yeah, we we Hicksonu is a senior, right? But I mean, Corbin Corbin's there. Acho So. Um, this Gradney kid's
2: gonna come in here too I, is he a, is he more of a db or is he a corner i can't remember he's a corner corner so there you go
4: yeah it's gonna be it's going to be exciting to watch and i i'm i'm excited to watch the defense the next couple of years because i don't see what they're doing changing in fact i see the d line getting better now i know they've got a few guys that are seniors that they need to replace but i think about guys like mcgoran who he's a freshman
3: I mean, you know, Noose, Noose from Glacier has played, a, yeah, like yeah. as a as a freshman. Like they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna be loaded. I think the biggest question mark as far as replacing is gonna be a, a tackle. Yeah, you lose both of them. Yep, with Beaver and Cook. That that's the biggest question yeah. mark to me.
4: Yep. And, and hopefully, you know, the young guys can can grow in that position. But I also think that they have got to be in the transfer portal on there. I mean, they, they have with to tackle.
2: Yeah, probably.
3: I bet they bring in a transfer quarterback too.
2: Well,
4: of course, I would We've say, given given I, Bobby a yeah. track record, so, it's probably a hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, that's because be they'll have they'll
3: have from from you know sophomore down. They're going to have all the classifications filled. Yeah. Like yeah. they'll bring in an older guy to compete. Well, Bobby's
4: said that he likes having one in every class. Yeah. If Patterson stays, he's won't a have junior, a sen- and they won't have a senior, so they won't yeah. have a senior. Yeah. I kind of wonder if Patterson sticks around, given um if they're going to bring in a QB, and I mean. I don't know. We'll see. Chris but, Brown's going to get swaggered. <laughs> just like I mean, Goldberk was. Chris Brown's, a freshman. Like
2: was did. Chris Brown's <laughs> yeah. a freshman. But they didn't come back and junior, senior. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, who knows? But may, maybe he wins the job still. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, no one, right? It doesn't necessarily mean if Bobby brings in a senior drop down quarterback, um, then he automatically is going to be having the job.
4: He's probably going to have an advantage,
2: I would guess.
3: Yep. But there's not a lot of question marks on defense as no. far as moving forward, which no. is
4: nice. Um somebody asks are we all agreed that Junior saved the season? I, yeah, I mean the defense played lights out, but if they didn't have Junior, I don't know what they would have done on offense. I mean maybe somebody else would have stepped up, but he definitely played a part. Yeah. Um somebody wants to know if we've heard from Nate and the RR guys who were throwing <laughs> digs at us on our extra pod last week. Um <clears throat> After Brent humbly explains how the team Team is and says our defense is hitting the stride. Nate throws digs that we hadn't played anybody lately. He wonders how he feels now. I've heard from all of them actually mid game they conceded at about That's halftime. Right, they did, they did, Nate and yeah. Harley conceded <laughs> the R and R guys uh, a little bit later. And you know, I will say all of them conceded sooner than my opponent in the city council race. So <laughs> however you want to look at this. <laughs> uh, oh oh man. Wow. Man. wow! I like this version of my. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: And the wind was just as dominant. So, let's <laughs> <you
4: know, laughs> take it for what it is. <laughs> all right. For six Grizz also follows it up and says, if you were a Cap fan, how would you feel about your future with Choate gone and us winning? It feels like all the momentum is back on the west side of the state. They still have a great team, but this was always their Super Bowl. I think that that's true to a point, but I also – I think that sometimes we can overanalyze things and – I think that the one thing to maybe look back on is um Stitz's first year when we went and won. I mean, I don't you know, I don't think that at that point any any of us would have been like he's going to get destroyed because they're going to hire a new coach and, you know, the next yeah. two years and it's gonna, So we don't necessarily know what's going to happen.
3: I re- I really wanted to tweet out, but I didn't want it to be taken the wrong way that the the lore, the aura of Jeff Choate only grew after this weekend. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's true though because like, I mean, he only won three more games than he lost, like yeah. in his in his career. Yeah. somebody. But he's gonna go down as the Grizz Slayer. Yeah. yeah, no matter what. Absolutely. And the fact that they lose his very first game in the fashion that they did, like the legend of Jeff Choate, the Grizz Slayer. Only grew larger.
0: Somebody asked we're, us. We're going to see Jeff Choate again.
4: Yes. Yeah, so, we might see him real soon. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> asked us uh, last week, but it was after we had recorded. are like, do you think that Jeff Choate is secretly hoping they lose yes. so that it builds his aura? Oh, and then somebody messaged us during the game and was like, yeah, so the same time, yeah I bet <laughs> Jeff Choate's really happy about this. And it's like, <laughs> I doubt it. His son's on the team. Like, I'm sure he's pulling for him, but it is kind of funny. Yeah. Because it, it all builds the aura, you know?
0: Um, I think if you're a cat fan, it's hard. It's a hard time, but it is just one game. Mm-hmm. You're in. You're a seed in the playoffs. You're on the easy side, so you have a lot to look forward to. You maybe are a little rattled because vegan is not Choate. You haven't showed up for two straight weeks. Your team is banged up, and yeah. it seems like UM is getting a lot of. The, the in-state recruits in the last two years. Yeah.
3: I think it's one of those, like, it's just hard to tell. Because somebody said when we were doing all of our um, pregame stuff, like, it's really impressive what he's done in his first year and stuff. It's like, I almost think that it's not as, because you're taking over somebody else's
2: team. And, and not just that, like, so like loaded team. What he can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
3: like, it's more like what he does next year and in year three. I think year three for they coaches. lose a lot of guys. Yeah. So, good. like, if they, like, start getting worse, like what kind of like what we saw with Stitt, you know, like where you're not getting better, you're kind of going the other way, then then we'll start really knowing, you know, but vegan is just so much different than Choate as far as like Choate held the room. Like he had this like swagger and kind of like moxie about him that vegan doesn't have. He's more of like the cool, calm, collected kind of guy, which it doesn't matter as far as coaching, but like, the way that he holds a room with like college kids you know like that stuff kind of you know can play so it's just going to be have to it's going to be a wait and see thing
4: mm-hmm. the one thing i will say that's kind of interesting and we talked about this on our on our round table with some of the cat guys i don't know that Choate wins at weber and eastern because Choate beat the grizz 4 years in a row and he was phenomenal at getting the team fired up to beat the grizz but other than that he didn't beat very many good teams and you said it yourself, like his record yeah. was only three more wins and losses. And maybe they took steps in year five. I don't know. But I think that's something that, that there are trade-offs, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I it's going to be interesting to watch how it all works out. All right. Let's see here. Somebody asked what the real expectations are for this Grizz team. I mean, I don't think we know, but I think – it's like Brent kind of answered it. Like, you know, coming into the season, the expectations were we can compete for a national championship. So it's like the expectations are let's go be competitive and make a run. How far we go, I don't know. But, you know, yeah, you know, win your I first think, game and make a run.
3: Yeah, Win at home and then be competitive at James Madison with a chance to win it.
4: Yeah. I would say that's fair. Yeah. 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 All right. Luke Rounds asked us at what moment we knew we were going to win it all. We already answered this, but good question. Um, Silver tip. How fickle are Bobcat fans? They immediately (laughs) want to fire vegan. Um, To that point, I've been trying to screenshot some of the crappy, crazy stuff that these Cat fans are saying (laughs) on Twitter. But I would encourage all of you to do that and tweet at us. And screenshot's important so that if they delete the tweet, (laughs) we have a record of it. Because the Cat fans like to act like they're this plateau above us and that they never do anything bad as a fan base. And they don't have these... And I could tell you that they have just as many dirt bags as the Grizz fans <laughs> do. So we've discovered that. <laughs> all right. Somebody asked about um, you and I getting the playoffs and playing Moni Moni. Um, and Eric Witz also asked, was it apparent that they, every time the Cat Band played, they turned up the music? I'm all for it. Um. Jonathan Claxton wants to know: Do we think the playoffs are where we will finally see the effects of the last spring season on a lot of these teams? How much gas can they have left in their tank?
2: It's a good question. I don't. I don't really think it matters. Yeah, I think if it was going to
4: happen, it was going to happen by now. Yeah.
2: I mean, in that theory, then the cats should be playing better football right now, yep. right? And Eastern should be playing worse. Well, it's hard because like.
3: If you would have said that Montana played in the spring, you'd be like, "Oh, that's why they got so banged so up during the year." Up. Like it's just, I think, I think it's just, I think injury, injuries with football. It's just, I think a lot of it's just luck.
2: Yeah, agreed. Okay. Or bad luck. Yeah, bad you know? luck. Like yeah. I, I don't think
3: it's, I don't think it's predictable. I don't think there's really anything you can, like turn to. I think it's just kind of random, and I think it just comes and goes.
0: Yeah, I I sometimes wonder a lot about sleep schedules, <laughs> and like the ability for a college student to be on. A routine sleep schedule very hard. We were all in college once, right? Yeah. That has more impact on whether or not they're healthy in the playoffs than whether they played spring.
3: Well that's what that's what a lot of people um were turning to with the Lady Grizz program when the Lady Grizz were going through a bunch of injuries because they practiced at like really early in the morning before all of their classes. Oh, they went through all of these injuries. And I talked to some of the, the people on the you know within the program or around the program, they're like if I have to point to something, it might be that they're practicing at 5 a.m. instead hmm. of at 3 in the afternoon. Yeah, And so I, I think there might be something to that, but football doesn't have that issue. I mean, they're kind of all practicing around, you know, in the afternoon after afternoon, the classes at the yeah. same time.
4: Yeah. yeah, well, they're not competing with anybody else for yeah. <laughs> space. Um, <clears throat> Travis Simmons wants to know, who would you rather have on your team, Troy Anderson or Jace Lewis? Jace Lewis. Well, I mean, we're obviously homers, and I love Jace Lewis, so Jace Lewis.
3: Coach Bear told me that Jace Lewis is the best blitzing linebacker he's ever coached.
4: Wow. Holy crap. That's yeah. something. <laughs> wow.
3: Yeah, I mean, he said the way that he just f- fires through, like, with reckless abandon. Like, he doesn't – he plays so hard. And the way that he, f- you know, flies through on blitzes and stuff. I mean, and that's just, you know, he's talking about, like, one aspect of being a linebacker and stuff. But, I mean, that's pretty high praise.
0: That's interesting. It's
3: also hard because, like, I don't know. We're not watch like we don't watch the game. Like, we're not watching like the all twenty two like, right, breaking right. it down. You know, obviously Troy Anderson is a hell of an athlete. He's the you know bigger, stronger, faster. But that Looking, doesn't necessarily mean everything. Yeah. You know?
4: I mean, and, and we like him. We've always liked him on the pod. I mean, I'd love it if he was a Grizz. Yada yada yeah. yada. Looking at his stat line, it seems like he's got a lot of tackles, gets to plays. He doesn't seem to have as many big plays as some of our big guys do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which sure. that stood out to me a little bit. But it's also Especially, hard to know
3: like how what they're asking him to do. Yeah. and maybe that yeah. it's like the you linebackers I mean?
4: on their defense just aren't there. You know,
3: like are they are they you know relying on Hardy and some of their blitzers, and then Troy's kind of like the the. The cleanup guy. The safety gap. Yeah. Like making sure like no big plays happen. Like I saw one play where like they ran like a pick play and he like ran the running back down. Right. And like no other linebacker could probably run yeah. that running back down right. when he had yeah. like ten yards of head of steam. Like the way that Jason Lewis, the way the linebackers use for Montana, like they're gonna make some more of their splash plays just
0: sure. by the way they use them. So that's kind of a I really could, hard question to answer. I could yeah. see him I could see Troy Anderson having an NFL career as an outside linebacker because of his size and speed. speed. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he could cover a tight end. You know, like he can get out in space. Maybe he's not as good at filling a hole as like Jace Lewis is, but oh, he's got some He's got some next level. Oh, if
3: you're talking next some... level, like combine, oh, all that it. kind of stuff, it's, it's, it's yeah. not even a question. But yeah. the Cats fans are happy with their guy. I think Grizz fans are happy yep, with I their guy. So. Yeah. There we go. Yeah.
4: All right, a couple more on Twitter, and then we'll move over to Brent. David Coy... Grizz D looks fast and mean, they'll be tough for anyone to get some. How surprised are you we didn't see more offensive plays from Anderson with how poor the cat O looked?
2: <laughs> at that but you said it, Mike. At that point they knew they had nothing. They had nothing. And so it was like, hey, let's and obviously that was it Appeared. and if you're gonna script a series with Troy Anderson and you're gonna wait until you're down three scores in the late third quarter to trot him out there and do that, like that just that just reeks of desperation, more than preparedness and plan. To me, yeah, I, I think there was a
3: handshake agreement before the season that Troy Anderson was only going to be used on defense, and they were not so going they to they were not going to kill him NFL physically, yeah. Like, yeah, like choke did and and let him just play defense, stay healthy, and go on for his future as a football player. Yeah, like I, I think that there was that handshake agreement. I think they got to that desperation level that they. Didn't know that they would be at in the most important game of the season and he probably and, and he could have yeah and he probably went to hey put me in um and and that's why they got to that position but I don't think the plan ever from the season was to use him on offense because they were going to not kill him, which
2: is what he went through the last two years and you could tell as well because I, I feel like it was the second down. Troy was on the wrong side. They didn't know where to line up. Yep. And then Afonso is like, and then they bump into each other, and yep. they're like, "Oh, you go here, you go yep. there." It seems like they like, like you probably said, Sean. They probably just drew it up there on the sideline. Also, like, like the I next heard, series, are like, "Hey, do this, do that." When do he that, went out story. there, and like this is like just me being on the field. I was like, God, my gosh, he is so big. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. he went out there
3: and lined up at, li- at running than back, than and I'm just <laughs> yeah, and he's standing there. I'm like, holy cow, like, this is why <laughs> yeah, he's so effective. Like this guy is an animal back there.
4: Yeah. Um. <laughs> My hot take is, I don't know that it would have made a difference. No. Like, this one is the – The scheme-wise, it wouldn't have been. Yeah, like the, no. the You know, I think they're better positioned to go after him. So, um, what are the chances that Chris can figure out how to score touchdowns? We've talked about that. And let's see. Jonathan Claxton says he was at the Nashville Watch Party. The Cat fans were doing the Roy Kent chat for Troy Anderson. <laughs> Those extra two syllables kind of threw it off. Any thoughts? <laughs> Luke, any thoughts on that? uh that's that cool work? that's troy from ted lasso. anderson
2: trying that, that doesn't even he's work. here
0: he's there he's every, every fucking where troy anderson uh, troy anderson it <laughs> doesn't work that doesn't but work it's cool all. though i mean it's cool i like
4: ted lasso i do too it's a great show uh, that's it that's it for twitter all you got okay
2: <laughs> we got a lot of repeats on egress i'm not going to read a bunch no, of them
4: yeah it's, we're, we're we're well into a pod where we don't have a game this year. Yeah, week. we're uh, <laughs> five
2: hundred three. Grizz does ask uh, with the amount of state championships that were held during the Grizz cat. This is game, a great question. Um, how can both schools, uh, <laughs> how can both Montana and Montana State bully uh, MHSAA uh, to basically taking away the region's best uh, recruiting game, Grizz Cat? Uh, basically, the general question is. What do we got to do to like reschedule these championship games, or work with the high school association to find something different?
5: Yeah,
3: I mean, I, I would, I would love for it to be at the same site. Um, I think the logistics of like hotels and stuff tough. Is, is the issue. Yeah, Billings
4: West couldn't stay in Missoula because they couldn't get hotels. Yeah, they but, stayed in Butte.
3: Oh, huh. but if you could, if, but if you could figure it out where you could play like Class B at like Noon on, on Friday, the day before, you play at, at Washington Grizzly. You yeah. play Class A at 3.30, and you and you play Class A at 7. And then you play the Class C schools in the morning, and Cat Grizz goes at, like, 3. There you go. And then you sell. You could sell all pass ones. And it would be all in the same location, so you could then have, it's not just a plug, but you could have, like, us at SWX broadcast every single game yeah. because it's all in the same location. I've had so many people complain about NF. HS yeah. and the streaming service. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, and it's just it's just <laughs> oh like the, you know it's just like the one. Cam- it's not it's not. <laughs> no, it's like, not even a person. It's not the what,
4: camera is it, it follows the motion. One. Yeah, it's no not. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. It's Next time we're in a gym, I'll show you. It's, it's not what it's not what
3: Mon- football fans in the state of Montana deserve. Yeah. You know, and if you have it all at one lo- location, we could bring our truck there. We could do every single game how it should do how it should be, yeah. and the fans could experience it. Um, that all can't go and. I mean, that would be, that would be ideal. I don't, I don't know. I don't see it changing anytime soon because a lot of people have been bitching about this for a long time. Yeah.
4: yeah. Um, your, your colleague over at another station yeah, wrote a, yeah. Kyle wrote a piece about it that mm-hmm. I thought was pretty good. Um, now, I mean, I'm, I don't have to suck up to anybody, so I'll just say it. I have for a long time hated the Montana high school sports association. And I don't think that they are about the kids. I think they like to say they're about the kids, but i really think it's a lot of adults that have opinions on stuff because if it was about the kids they wouldn't be so glued to freaking having all these major football games during the biggest football event in the state yeah and this idea that it's like we're not changing our schedule cuz we can't be blah, 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 it's like you're not being about the kids you're being stubborn yeah <laughs> there are ways to get creative whether it's start a week early start a week yeah. earlier yeah. or whether it's give it you know get the team set and have them play on Thanksgiving which you know goes into basketball that's a different thing but I mean there are opportunities to figure it out and instead this is what you get and you know state championships you know people are traveling people are staying overnight it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world that those teams got two weeks to prepare for those and their fans to get there you know that wouldn't be the least kid friendly student friendly thing ever Um, but I think there's a lot of egos I think there's a lot of backroom deals. I just I I am not somebody who's overly impressed with with that operation. I say that with caveat that I have no idea how it works. I've never been a part of it and that could all be bullshit. But I do I just you you see some of this stuff and how they delve out tournaments and stuff like that. And it's like I don't buy some of the excuses. Like Kyle's article hit some points on right on the head to me. Yeah. If they cared, they could figure out a way to make this work.
0: But is it that they cared that everyone in the state had an opportunity to go to a already sold out venue,
4: I don't know that they care about that so much as they're making people choose like mm-hmm. let's look, talk well, about like Hamilton Tyson the I, yeah, I talked to the, his parents had to choose between watching their son play in Cat Grizz and watching their other son go win a state championship. Mm-hmm. you know I think that's b s yeah. like the, most of these kids are dreaming of being cats or grids. Some of them are dreaming of going higher. A lot of them don't end up cat grizz. They end up in frontier schools or whatever, or don't do it. But to have that be the pinnacle of, you know, Montana college football, and then have all these kids can't watch it, can't participate in it. I just, yeah.
0: I don't like I find it. it a more compelling reason to change for the lost opportunity of having like, a comprehensive state football event
3: well and if you had it at the same place all the media would be there we'd all be able to give all of them huge coverage yeah. Yeah. That,
4: that's what I think is the yeah. I mean but some it, of the small towns really the... like hosting and I get that too yeah, so yeah. I mean I get it
0: does it suck for parents that have to choose yeah well glad you had so many athletic kids like <laughs> You know, have less kids. But I, I mean, know, those I are know. major events in both their <laughs> yeah. lives. Like well, these sure, are major Montana but events. But not everyone gets everything they want. Mike, chill the f out. But boo-hoo, this but, isn't everything. But that. So I think it's it's a good argument, but it's to me less compelling than we haven't you, oper- you don't care about families because them. Oh goodness, Michael. <laughs> 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 okay, kidding. actually, I, I des- just kidding. I deserve that for. <laughs> Whispering something to his son earlier, <laughs> um, but I do think the we have a lost opportunity cost of blowing it out yeah. as a as a mega football event and, weekend. And
4: there are places that do that. Seattle or not Seattle, Washington used to. I don't know if they still do. They used to do them all in the Tacoma Dome on one or two yep. days. Yeah, Dallas, I think, does them all. Idaho like when when yeah, I, Idaho like, I does them all together the, yeah, like I, when we
3: I remember when the Grizz were playing at Idaho State the night before I went to the stadium to do all my live shots for Friday night and all the high school
0: games were going back to back in in
3: beautiful Holt Arena S-
0: super cool <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs>
5: yeah
0: yeah i that's why we should do it it would be such a cool event and give all these smaller schools and conferences and stuff like the shine they they deserve
4: like, how often? But you... the question for you would be like, you know, you, you're a Shelby guy. Mm-hmm. Like, for, for us in Missoula, chances are that event is going to at least at some point be in Missoula. That event is never going to be in Shelby. So if Shelby wins the top seed, you know, they're going to host the playoffs, but they're never going to host a championship game. What do you think about that?
0: I, I think a consolation of getting to play at Wagers or, you know,
3: with a full TV broadcast,
0: like yeah. if, if yeah. we're doing it yeah. that way. That's yeah, a good yeah. enough okay. consolation prize for not hosting a game in Sheldon. Well, and
3: to me, it's just like everyone everyone would, wanna, would be able to watch that game. Mm-hmm. Not just, it's not the parents missing out. It's like everyone that wanted to watch the Class B state title game would be able to watch the Class B state title game. And then they could watch the class. You know, like, every, yeah. everyone
0: would have the opportunity to watch every single one of those games. And, like, you know, all these B and C. Like, we have awesome athletes from there. Like, you think, oh, I've just read the, the eye-popping stat sheet of Chase Reynolds running for 58 <laughs> touchdowns or something. Yeah. I have an opportunity now to watch him on TV before he's a Grizz. Or the mm-hmm. Schillinger family out in Baker. Like, I remember when Cutbank played Baker in a state championship. They took a plane out there right like no one's ever seeing that game but bring them over to WaGriz, put it on tv that's that's really cool
3: yeah i think a lot of people would watch too
4: yeah i like it and you know you could plan ahead because the, the mhsa could book hotel rooms i mean
1: it doesn't I mean, matter who know. the
4: teams are they could block off the hotel rooms you know all right. That's an interesting question. Bet you didn't think I was going to go after the MHSA on the pod tonight. Damn,
2: Mike. Well, we're
4: almost three hours in. so No one's listening. Uh,
2: okay, so Harm asked a question I about. guarantee you someone's going to tweet it. You us. and I. Cowbell asked this question about uh, Eastern Washington fans being mad at Kent Haslam and his clairvoyant powers <laughs> to that. influence the committee. Uh, let's see. So Flathead Grizz asks, uh, we've talked about this before, like certain routines and suspicions and things like this. But now that we know this game, so we typically have a Saturday game prep, but now that we know our next game is going to be on a Friday, um, what one thing are you not going to do when you have one less day to prepare? And uh, what, also, what do players do with the extra time when it's a night game as opposed to a
4: noon game? Are you talking about me personally or the players? I think it's a
2: little bit of both.
4: Because I already went in and... Uh... Blocked off my schedule for the Friday the 3rd, and I canceled my appearance at our Helena office Christmas party. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I will be there. We're good. Um, I think that actually, this is where the Grizz coming off a of, buy have an advantage because they can just make Monday Sunday. You know, they can start their routine a day early. Yeah. Eastern or you and I does not have that advantage, especially you and I, because they're going to have to travel back travel. and stuff like that. So it shortens the week. But I mean, like, people do this. Like, I actually think it's a little bit of an overblowing, like, oh, we didn't have our full week because, in theory, both teams have that. Yeah. And one team's traveling. Um, but I, I like being in Montana's position. Yep. I think that you've heard Bobby talk about how he hates night games because there's so much time but it's at home yeah difference so it's at home so you know it's like people get to be in their own space and they you're not whatever.
2: sitting in a hotel room all day yeah
4: although um one of the tubs guys for idaho that played alex boatman um when we were talking about this for the eastern game was like never bothered me at all just hang out in the hotel didn't didn't matter so <laughs> all right i mean they have they have
3: everything like scheduled out like wow. when we've been on the road because like almost every road game has been a night game this year. It's been brutal. Yeah, it has been. It? Um, we've been like hanging out, and then like Justin Green, the running backs coach, is like, "All right, uh, I'm leaving because we got to go walk our guys from 12 to 12:30, and they'll just like go for a walk, <laughs> like to get them up and moving, you know? Like, and they have it all scripted, and then they have extra meetings yeah. and stuff, and they, you know, they keep the guys, okay. you know, activated.
2: Nice. All right, Putter asks, uh, what does Montana have to do on offense? Uh, again, outscored by special teams. No screen slants, et cetera, to keep defense uh, from just coming at cam. Is Bobby and company saving plays for the playoffs? Or is, playoff, or is the playbook just void of these plays?
4: They need to finish. We talked about it.
3: Yeah. I think it's wild they haven't run a single running back screen all year. Just the finish? No. They have not run they a haven't. running back screen all year.
2: They
4: Which for the you know the pressure. Like your and standard running back screen. And it's, huh. Yeah. So maybe it is, we'll see
3: that That is wild Eastern. to me. And I don't <laughs> I like think they're that. saving it for the playoffs. <laughs> it's just wild that they haven't run it. Drop five of them on Eastern you know? Washington. Bam. <laughs> I think I think it's crazy. Eastern runs it all the time. Yeah, they do. That'll be one thing to watch. Eastern Eastern runs a ton of screens and their linemen get way down the field yeah, they when they do. do that.
0: I I think that's the way that Counteract some of what Montana does too is throw to the flats. But it's kind of crazy that Montana has not
3: run a single one of those, especially when you have all your running backs were hurt and you had like pass-catching guys that would be really good at doing that. You think? I just find it interesting. Yeah, it is.
2: I think the one thing, special team, I mean, special teams outscored offense against the CAT defense, which isn't your typical defense. So, like, we've expressed concern, like the Cal Poly game and the NAU game, the defense and special teams. On the scoreboard, outperform the offense. Those are games of concern. This cat game, I'm. They're a good defense, and we're not the most stellar offense, so I'm. I'm not as concerned about it. Mm-hmm. In that, from that regard, uh, Rats of Butte was just asking. Uh, points out we got a brutal playoff setup. Uh, would like to hear general odds we think the Grizz have against each and most mm. likely playoff foe. Uh, what I mean is. Uh, what chance do you give the Grizz to beat the Eagles at home, James Madison, North Dakota State, and then he's assuming Sam Houston?
3: That's a good question.
2: Odds against the Eagles? I think
3: it's probably sixty forty. Yeah. I was gonna say about yeah, sixty five, maybe. And if it
2: was you and I, I'd think seventy five, eighty percent. I just yeah. think we match up. I think
0: probably home. higher than that if it's you and I. What's what's Mark say about Friday? Do we have an extended forecast? Not yet. No? We gotta get a little ways we out. out. We gotta, we <laughs> gotta get Come within out of ten
2: days. I was right. let's mark up at eleven. 20, up. I, I asked Sunday. him about this
0: two weeks ago. Okay. Chris. So <laughs> he's like, give me ten days. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I think if it's cold, our odds go up against Eastern.
2: <laughs> I'd say sixty-five. Okay. Okay, it's around about same. So then, uh, let's just play it forward and assume. Then we go to James Madison. Fifty. 50.
4: 50, 50. Yeah. Yeah. We've won there before in the playoffs.
2: I think more 40-60. Yeah.
4: I don't know that James Madison's as good as... I think 50. I mean, been, they haven't been tested because,
3: this year. Because, only because, like, Montana's played really well on the road this year. That's a good point. Which yeah. they have not... Montana's not played... It's been a yeah. good road this team is, historically. Like, they've better, been really good on the road.
2: One of Bobby's better, like, road programs. Yeah, it's crazy. Programs that's why, like, that's uh, why
3: I'm going to say 50-50.
2: Okay, then we go to North Dakota State. Oh. <laughs> you know... If they get to that point, like, oh, how God. would you not say 50 50 again? Yeah. I think the defense is
4: mean? built more to to stick with them than previous defenses have been. Yeah.
3: Maybe 40, 45, 55, maybe? Yeah. So yeah. if you add up all those, like, 10% chance of going all
5: the way? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. There you go. The Fargo Dome, I think the Grizz can play in. We, I mean. Well, we know they can play there. Can
2: they play well? That game would be so low scoring. Wow. Oh. <laughs> we talked about that like the cat game it's probably a yeah. 107 type of game or something right uh, okay Chris 406 Sean has a question for you.
5: Uh,
2: according to some people Bobby has a reputation for being surly confrontational abrasive with the media uh, can you talk about the perception of where you stand? <laughs> <laughs> oh absolutely this is great it all it's all kind of summed up
3: with like um, our halftime interview from was it
2: Dixie state or I don't
3: know one of those where they only scored six. Dixie did. State, it was
2: three. It was zero to three, right? I think they, yeah, they,
3: they had like three or six at halftime, and I was like, I was, I was like, you're Montana, you know, the offense struggling or whatever, and he goes, Oh, you can add. Yeah. Something like that. And <laughs> that's just like his like um his his way of deflecting. Okay. You know, like that's just his backup way of deflecting. And he does that with me because like we have a, a really good relationship. Um He it, he does get certainly with the media and it's on like those in those press conferences when it's live streamed and everything like that. But it's also because I think like he doesn't have a lot of patience for dumb questions. Um, yeah, we've noticed. And, and he also just like, I think he's like, has this, he feels like he has to live up to this mantra, you know, like he's got to put on this like shield and and blah, blah, blah. Um, when I deal with him, um, outside of that when I'm like trying to schedule stuff with the Grizzly Sports Report yeah. and we're being flexible he is one of the most the easiest coaches to work with hmm. ever oh wow like I love doing the like the show with him like I, I can text him and be like hey um, this time doesn't work can we do this time he's like yeah whatever you need from me like blah 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 like he is super easy to work with oh, Cool. super nice like the what, what you see on the outside surface is not at all what he's like to deal with. He is really easy to work with, way more than even some other coaches at Montana. Um, like I have loved my time dealing cool. with him.
2: Nice. Yeah. It's funny you talk about the, the stupid questions. And when we did the Grace Fan Pod interview with Bobby, uh, when the quarterback club guys were setting that up, um, Craig didn't say don't ask stupid questions, but he kind of hinted at it in a way. Remember when we met with him outside and he's like, no, guys, He's not going to talk to you about this, 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 and this. And he's like, just just don't ask these type of questions where you're wrong. <laughs> it was like basically the, hey, mm-hmm. don't ask Bobby stupid questions when he's on the pod. Uh, we had a fun time with it. but It was great. Uh, all right. Last question. <clears throat> We've had some other people uh, in our thread. There are lots of people showing the video of Champ falling down on the snow. So go find that. Uh, but so uh, Poe Rouge had two, th- two uh, questions, uh, a couple questions for you, Sean. And he was also asking why we didn't get Andrew Schmidt on here because we thought it would be fun to have him dunking on the Cats. Maybe we got to get him back on here. So um, <laughs> I saw Riley at the basketball
4: game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's walking by. And I'm like, Riley, you know, give him a big high five. And he comes in real close. And he's like, that da, 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 Andrew Schmidt was way off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, so Poe Rouge uh, is kind of asking, uh, well, he asked all of us, but then Sean, was kind of asking for you as well, too, like some standout or in-person moments for you personally from this season so far. Mm. Uh, anything in the stands or the sidelines for you that you noticed, things that might not have been seen by camera or things not kind of widely talked about? Uh, he says, <laughs> we suckers that couldn't be there need to know these things. Mm.
5: I'll,
2: let, I'll let you guys go, go first. Well, I think about some okay. stuff, things that stand out.
4: Well, I mean, things that stand out from the game yesterday to me are just how loud it was. And I watched it, I rewatched it, and it was loud coming through the broadcast. But I don't know that that grabbed how loud it was, and I know that's just a simple one, but the atmosphere was incredible. Yeah, yeah. I kind of think like a
2: little overarching thing. And what's been fascinating for me with this season is we've had so many seasons in a row of late where the team has like a good win and then has a couple challenging losses and then kind of gets thrown on the ropes. And up until this year, especially the last five, four seasons, five years, and then some previous years as well too, under when Delaney was coach, um, it usually ends pretty quickly thereafter. Like the team kind of, withers away as the season goes. And, um, there's not as much success as we'd seen in prior years. And it's tough to say, cause we're not in the playoffs. Well, we are in the playoffs, but we have not played the games yet. So we got to see what happens, but just like the kind of resiliency of this team, especially on the offensive side with the amount of player injuries, player departures, and just what they've had to string together to put together a nine and two squad. Um, is damned impressive to me, and so like that kind of, I don't even under how coach teams previously, I, you know, we kind of saw a glimmer of that in twenty nineteen, but if, um, but it, you know, there was the cat loss, and then twenty eighteen was kind of a transition year in the Stit years. It was always, you know, it didn't go super well, and then in some of the lane years as well too. So I think it kind of you get this feel like hopefully this momentum keeps going and this turning the corner kind of back to what we'd seen ten plus years ago, so. That's kind of my more.
3: Yeah, kinda of playing off that big on, takeaway. The, on the sidelines. One of the things I notice, because, um, you know, I think people think of um Coach Houck as like this really like kind of emotional kind of guy. Um, but the calmness of the coaches on the sideline mm. is really surprising. Like there's no it's not a roller coaster ride on the sidelines, even when momentum swings during games, which I've been on sidelines for the greatest where the players are high and low and, and blaming, you know, like there's been a lot of times where like, I remember being where like the offense has really struggled and the defense is like frustrated with the offense or, or like they seem like they're at odds. I've never sensed that one time this year. Oh, wow. Um, the other thing that really just really comes to a head on the sidelines is like this team really takes the identity of its head coach. And I think that was like the biggest thing missing in previous eras. Um, like they talk a lot of shit on the sidelines, like in a, in a good way, like, especially like the defense. Um, and, and they, they are that, that attitude, you know? Um, they have the, like coach Hawk said this in a press conference. He's like, the coach has a lot of edge and our players have a lot of edge to them. And I think that's the biggest difference. And I think that's the reason why they've, the program has regain some success under Coach Houck is they have an identity and they are um, what its head coach is. And you sense that on the sidelines and you sense the confidence on the sidelines. And there's not just like the roller coaster. And when things are going wrong, there's not freaking out. There's not helmets being slammed against benches. There's not people kicking stuff. Like it's, (laughs) it's, it's just way more even keel on the sidelines Than it's ever been probably since I've covered the team in the last decade plus.
0: Wow. Is there a shit talker that's particularly funny? Ooh. On the team? Um, you like, that so
2: usually a it. cornerback, right? Usually the corners have the biggest mouths. The line, the
3: like... linebackers talk the most. Almost. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, um, does, Coach Houck's got some subtle ones. Oh, yeah, he yes. does. And <laughs> um, so, so I mean, I'm sure he doesn't listen to this. I'll just say it. It might get me in trouble. Who knows? So after, like, Northern Colorado or something like that, he he goes to the team, like, right when the game's over, and he's like, go out there, shake their hand, tell them how good they are, and then we'll talk the truth about how good they are when we get back to the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, like, little things yeah. like that. You know, like... um. And yeah, but they, yeah, they they talk a lot, and uh, you know they have they have that swagger to them, which I, I I think you need in football. Yeah, and they 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 are who they want to be, and I think they just have that identity, and I think that's the biggest issue with within that Stitt era was they just they had a little bit of identity crisis. Yeah, yeah,
2: agreed, agreed. Luke, anything? Any takeaway? Any thought?
0: No, I. I do think you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit with the resiliency there in Bobby's first time here, a season that looked identical to this um, or an outcome that looked like we have today would have been um, very typical and very, we'd be very pleased with where the team was, but we never had this many injuries the first time he was here. Not to my recollection. Right. Like I feel like, he's this is the first time he's used so many backups so many freshmen yeah so he was turning in you know like these this same record against probably a weaker conference with definitely all starters. definitely yeah yeah so that we're here um with with our patchwork a little bit i think says a lot about uh what the actual peak of a bobby Houck team can be this next time around if he gets everyone healthy
3: And that they're just buttoned up. Like there's not, you don't see a lot of like, wow, they look like confused or there's like, there's not a lot of confusion. And I think that's just overall the coaching staff. They're also experienced. Like in that NAU game, the headsets went out for like a large chunk of the game. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Like, but you wouldn't have known. Like the communication, like, I mean, they could not talk from the booth down to the sideline for like a large chunk of that game. Which, for a lot of teams, I think would really impact the game. Oh, yeah. And they just, bam, 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 bam. Like, things are just, it's a well-oiled machine. It's, it's just buttoned up. Even when you're throwing freshmen in there. Right. They might not be as good, because they're younger, but they know what they're doing. Like, and things are planned out and just smooth. Also, knock on wood, we haven't
0: had any player issues.
5: Yeah. This yeah. This time around. Yeah. Like, I know
0: a that's while, not related yeah. to the question, but Bobby got a lot of flack coming in for previous player issues. We haven't seen anything since he's been back.
2: I mean, yeah. Speaks to the I mean, the focus and the commitment and the character of the players and the staff and what they work on these guys with. And
0: Yeah, if, if he was going to get punched on the front end for it, he needs to get uh, some applause on this side of it too. Agreed. Yep, Absolutely. That's yeah.
2: That's our questions. And we just tipped over hour three. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, guys. <laughs> All right. I was going to say, doing a three-hour pod – moderately hung over you know for me speaking i don't know much i'm not speaking for you guys I'm, maybe, still a, I'm still
4: a young man i was at stocks last night <laughs> <laughs> It's a hell of a podcast not hung <laughs> awesome anything else guys
0: um if you're with us you have probably already taken our survey oh yeah you know if you were if you're this dedicated of a fan to be with us in hour three You've taken the survey, but if you haven't, um, we'll maybe tweet that out again. Yeah, we'll
4: retweet it again tomorrow. sure a couple times,
0: yeah. Yeah, yep. we're helping a graduate business marketing class, and they're doing a survey on the pod.
4: Yep, working so. with UM students. It's been a lot of fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Brent, anything from you? Uh, good to go. Hey, Sean, thanks for joining yeah, us man. again. Nice. You got anything you want to end on?
3: No, just thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a fun time uh, in Grizz Nation. It's been awesome covering this team, and uh, hopefully we have – You know, a few more weeks of doing it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
4: Yeah. All right. We don't have a game this weekend, so we're not going to see you. Have a great Thanksgiving. I hope this three-hour pod lets you escape your family time, unless you're (laughs) really into that thing, which,
2: awesome. Well, maybe it's helping you on a flight or a drive or who
4: knows. All the above. Maybe we're introducing your kids to new words they didn't know. We tried to be good this time. (laughs) All's well. My son told me that I set a record record low for profanity at the Grizz game, so he keeps track of these things that's all i got I, I want him to
0: unveil a, a book of statistics words, ah! statistics. you know Tuesday. he's got him right he's, keeping track, <laughs> my. Oh, he's got a
4: memory he just remembers all this stuff yeah <laughs> all right um that's all we got if we know you we won't see you this weekend if not we'll be back here next week for a playoff gris fan pod go gris fight on